Three, two, one. Hi, this is Frankie McDonald, my own TV station in Nova Scotia. Attention, citizens of the internet. Onion rings, warning, in southern Australia. Have you ever seen Frankie <laughs> McDonald? No. Oh, he's no, a national treasure. He's, he's a Canadian man who is incredibly autistic and has found his passion doing weather reports on YouTube. And they're great. And he right. throws in other random videos as well. Uh, sometimes him dancing. Sometimes him pretending to eat 50 hot dogs. Well, I got to check this out. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there's always... Uh, it's a healthy mix. It's a good variety show mm -hmm. channel. Partly informative or partly entertaining. But he's got a beautiful soul. And I probably wouldn't pay attention to the weather if it weren't for him. Anytime he makes a video talking about how a snowstorm is going to come or how a heat wave is going to come. I'm like, hey, I actually know about it this time. I wouldn't. <laughs> I never remember to look up the weather <laughs> unless it's Frankie McDonald just telling me. He's great. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Yeah. Pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all tired. I got like four hours of sleep. Yeah, we're all tired? Okay, great. Yeah. It's not just me this time. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, it's everybody. We're all in a sardonic mood. Yes. <laughs> How'd you feel watching the best, most epic trailer for a movie that's going to get released this Christmas called Cats? Oh, Cats. Oh, boy. Mm. Everyone's seen this trailer, I feel like. Everyone I know. I know, right? I don't know and if everyone's everyone seen this trailer <laughs> as much as those like four screenshots that are being peddled around everywhere. Of like the worst. <laughs> the James possible. Corden, the yeah. Rebel Wilson. <laughs> the like shot at one. the end of that one <laughs> yeah. singing. It's it's like the new Sonic, and it hasn't been that long. So I don't know, are they gonna redesign these? <laughs> are they gonna do the same thing? <laughs> this looks like it's too far gone to me. The yeah. amount of like work they'd have to add extra. Oh yeah, even. It's not like, just this is one what pisses me off so yeah. much. Why is the film it, not just it's animated? Just the concept. Why is it not animated or just them in costumes? Yeah, like makeup. Like costume. I want to appreciate like the dance choreography and how am I supposed to do that when it's a bunch yeah, of CG models floating around? It's like yeah, you yeah. could just alter that after, right? So who cares? <laughs> not just that, but like they really. It's just a part of it. The the design is the biggest issue for me. The design yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> like, the human face, nose, and then just, like, the ears that don't look like they're actually their ears at all. Yeah, how am I supposed to Just, like, a bunch of CG fur. Like, just pick one. You could... If, if it was going to look like that anyway, and you weren't going to attempt to do some sort of, like, furry anthro version, you know, just uncanny valley, you might as well have just done makeup, right? I'm sure that looks, like, yeah. similar-ish to the Broadway musical I version, right? I would costume. Yeah, yeah, costume, why not? Distracting. Honestly, yeah. any other decision. Yeah. Any other choice <laughs> would have been better. Mm -hmm. Seriously, yeah. what could be worse than this? It's immediately <laughs> dated the movie, it's not going to hold up. Oh yeah, like, it looks like no. shit. And, and it's so frustrating, because like, what if the film is actually okay, or quite good? You That's know? Like, the thing, I don't think it's, it's going to be, it's based on Cats, which is like, yeah, apparently never one even, of the worst shows. I've never even seen I, it. Everyone oh, I it? know doesn't like Cats. Yeah, apparently, apparently it has no okay. story. I don't know how they're gonna make it into a movie because it involves a lot of like the crowd work 
an audience participation, right. which yeah, isn't going to be a thing. So, so I like, have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're planning with this. And the thing is, the guy who made it is the guy who made King's Speech yeah, and Lane Tom Mays, Hooper. Which are like, <laughs> yeah. There's so many Oscar winners behind this project. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> like, but it also has Jason that look. Derulo. It looks like a... It looks so serious. Like, it has that color palette and oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like cats. It's like this stupid... <laughs> is cats a serious play? I don't think so. Maybe he, di he didn't know how to implement the special effects necessary for what they were trying to achieve. Maybe yeah, it's something as simple as that. Like yeah, maybe just oversight. nobody gave a shit. Maybe they were all like, oh, yeah. okay, I, money, I guess. <laughs> I'm looking at... I'm, I, I have the uh, trailer pause at the... Uh, Basically, the tagline before the date, it says, this holiday season, you will believe at the end of the trailer. What do you, That's what catchy. will I believe? That rolls off the tongue. What will I believe? Cats? Believe what? what do you mean? I'll believe the effects, the story. Like, I what, what are you trying to tell me here? Ugh. I feel like most taglines are pretty bad nowadays. Like it's yeah. it's rare to see a good one. But at <laughs> least they like feel like related to the movie. That one is just like... <laughs> like they just pulled it out their ass. Yeah, what like is that? Uh, yeah, we believe in us. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. God, it's so lazy. Well, I really want to know what is causing this very clear and pervasive problem in Hollywood, where apparently they don't know how to hire people that that know anything about character design. Why is that a thing now? Why is that like a trend? It's not like it's not like oh, it's cheaper. If it's designed more poorly, in the case of Sonic, it's more expensive. They had to spend more money trying to fix it. You mm -hmm. know, just why don't yeah. what what happened to to people who know what they're talking about, and why did they get forced out of the industry or something? <laughs> like, what happened? I, I think it's like an issue of trying to put a human face on a CGI model. It just mm -hmm. doesn't look good unless well, yeah, that's you're that's like. A bad uh, decision vfx yeah it's a very it's, bad decision it's not a, it's not about like talent going into oh yeah how are they going to fix this up it's just a bad concept what i'm wondering is yeah. why all, all these bad design choices are happening in the first place that didn't used to happen <laughs> a lot you know if you had a lot of money no. behind something chances are the characters were at least designed well chances My are there's somebody who knew that what they were talking about <laughs> Well, we couldn't rely on CG as much, though, back then. I think that's yeah. what the issue is. We're in this weird like, middle period where CG is exceptional, but it can't quite do the things that a lot of filmmakers are trying to pull I off with so. it yeah. just yet. You'd think that, that that would be only as common as like really unsettling, creepy-looking animated characters in general. Because like, Sonic isn't, isn't a dude in a mocap suit getting some... You know the the side of his face replaced. The character is built from scratch, so I'm wondering why that's designed poorly in the first place. It just because it's CG doesn't mean it has to be terribly designed. I don't know no, why no. this is happening. I'm so confused about it. Do you think it might be a oh let's just sort of figure this out in post type thing? They don't do enough sort of pre production design work. Yeah, it could be something as simple as that. I think it's an issue of people that think they know what they're talking about, but they're just studio bigwigs that have no idea how to create art. I think it's an issue of them having too much control and power over a project. Because 100%, right. yeah. the people that animate every single one of these movies, they're thinking, oh God, this looks like shit. I wish they would listen to me. I keep telling them it looks like shit and nobody's listening. 100% mm -hmm. that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's 
I'm just wondering, like, why why don't they trust people? You know, the average person is not going to think this looks good. How did this trailer for Cats get past so many people before they're like, oh, I know, oops. it's astonishing. <laughs> yeah, because delusional producers <laughs> yeah. are in charge. Yeah. Is, does, is everybody afraid to tell them, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> did, did, were they told anything? Yeah, that, that's honestly partly it. Yeah. It it got to this stage. It got to this stage where, like, literally everybody thinks it looks like shit. How did you get I it to this stage? I wonder if they test screened it. I wonder. I wonder if people who go to test screenings are sometimes just, like, pretending to like something because they got invited to a test screening. Yeah. I'm sure at the test screening they lather you up a little. But even <laughs> Give so, you like a it's, death basket I would be surprised. And, I don't, you know. Yeah, like, are you gonna test screen a trailer? Is that a thing? Maybe to yeah, like do that. your friends. They do do that. Wait, you're gonna get an entire theater together, a little dinner plate and hors d'oeuvres for two minutes. Yeah, like, like Disney can do that. The big companies do that. Mm, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Come on in, watch the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> well, this wasn't made by Disney, I guess. Universal Pictures. Oh, they're who responsible is it? Yep. Yeah, Universal. <laughs> it's, it's a very <laughs> funny trend. Behind uh, Despicable Me, uh, The mm. Mummy, <laughs> um, Fast and Furious. Jurassic World. Do they do this Jurassic Park? Jurassic, yeah. 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 Jurassic yeah. Park. They got a moneymaker. It'll be fine and if Jurassic Cat Bombs. Park. <laughs> yeah, they'll be okay. Yeah, they'll survive. Uh -huh. if, if Disney was smart, they'd buy them just for cats. You know who won't be okay? Lionsgate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lionsgate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, John Wick did well. They made they made John Wick. Um, but they made Hellboy also, which mm. I saw recently. You guys yeah, saw Hellboy. Yeah. yeah, I saw it as and soon I as really, it came out. And I really, I couldn't believe how bad it was. It was it shocking. Was <laughs> it, was it was seriously so awful. I thought it was going to be bad compared to Guillermo's movies, but fuck, it was, like, terrible. Yeah, I I, I have my gripes with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish that I could, like, just get a cut of some of the cool action scenes that I liked, and maybe the movie would be, mm -hmm. like, 15 minutes long by the end of it, and that would just be the whole movie for me, <laughs> and I wouldn't have to see the rest of it. Because I didn't hate everything. There were some parts that were cool. Well, yeah, for me, I had one scene that I liked. It was sort of in the middle of the movie, it was yep. a fight scene with this kind of strange, like, creature that was, like, crawling all over the floor and stuff. I thought that mm. was mm -hmm. the best se sequence by far. Yeah, I liked the cool. fight scene with the giants. I, I didn't think that was really? terrible. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really goofy. Yeah, it was goofy, yeah. for sure. I, I think it was trying stream. to be. How familiar are you with Neil Marshall? Like, which of his films have you seen? Uh, not many. Descent, right? Yeah. You shouldn't you judge Descent? him on the Descent. I saw Descent, for, like, too. <laughs> Yeah, The Descent's amazing, but I don't think it's, like, super reflective of his whole character. If you watch a movie like mm -hmm. Doomsday, which is kind of bad, but really funny also, but it, it has mm -hmm. that same goofiness that it's going for, where it's just like, yeah, a bunch of gore, and there's some jokes. It's, it almost feels like a trauma film in some senses, but I guess a bit right. better produced. So yeah. I, I wasn't really caught off guard by the whole goofiness thing. However, I think that most of the jokes were shit. Most of the jokes were awful. That's like the, the, yeah. the attempts at humor were just so so embarrassing in this movie. 
mostly because none of the characters are likable. Mm-hmm. Your lead character is just unbearable to watch. Yeah, there is yeah, nothing no to like about him that you can attach to. And his prosthetics are terrible. Like half his face is fucking drooping down. Hmm. It looks really yeah, bad. How does it look I worse really than the one from a, a, nearly twenty years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Everything about that film was better than this. And I just thought back to the, the lavish worlds he made yeah. in that yeah. movie. And then this is just like shot in the woods and shot in houses. And like, it's so boring. <laughs> Everything about it is yeah. so boring compared to those that's, first two. That's like so important to making Hellboy like interesting or work even as a concept. I think it has to be hyper stylized. Like the original yeah. source material is hyper stylized, like crazy sharp colors and crazy, contrast. The crazy exactly, animals. Yeah. Yeah, like, creatures. I can imagine, like, a Spider-Verse kind of style animated film. Like, That'd be cool. I feel like I say this for every, like, blockbuster that comes out. Like, where yeah, he actually looks like cats. he does in the comics. It's, like, a great comic design. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much there, but it's just... Just drop the ball so hard with this live-action stuff. It's just... <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's problem is at, at its core. It's not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. like, terribly shot in every scene, you know, but... Nothing really matters. Not even like the cool parts that I liked matter in the grand scheme of things. If you have no likable characters and nothing interesting is happening in the plot, I don't. I couldn't even tell you what the plot was. I don't remember. Like what that happened? Was so he, got, uh, he was gonna. She had to resurrect those monsters. Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. And he was like, How do you say her name? <laughs> Mila Jovovich. Oh, uh, okay. But she wanted all of her limbs back together. Yeah. So they did that. Like the pig monster <laughs> gathered all of her limbs. Oh, and the then, monster. I yeah. forgot about And then that. she resurrected all those <laughs> monsters, like the CGI monsters that killed people. Yeah. But they didn't do anything with that. They just like made that for the trailer, I think. Yeah. And then Hellboy yeah. was like, I don't want to be a Hellboy bad boy and her. fly around on a dragon. Yeah. So I guess I'll be a good boy instead. And then his friend <laughs> TF'd and became a cat and... Yeah, that's all all I remember really. It was trying to be like Deadpool for some yeah, reason. In a way, that, yeah. That was what I it's took away from that it. rated R comedy Hellboy's kind of like this dick bag like excessive you know, violence. Yeah. I liked the violence. I didn't think that the Yeah, violence I liked the violence was, like, too. Terrible. It was like the one thing that had me engaged. A little refer- that was like <laughs> Neil Marshall for sure. Like that's him. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. I don't know what the rest of this movie was. I don't know how much I can blame on him also. Right? Mhm. I really don't know. Yeah. If the material is shit, like, what are you supposed to do? Exactly. How are you supposed to spin, like, a web out of shit? Yeah. I I don't know who could have done a better job adapting that script into a movie, King Arthur's sword was involved in, in the plot, remember? It was he had to fight oh, King Arthur's oh, yeah. sword? Yeah. <laughs> I, what the fuck was that? I don't think that was based on any comic from Hellboy. I think they just made that up. Yeah, and it was just in the basement. I don't understand, though. That was crazy. They made this film, right? Uh-huh. A re- like a reboot of Hellboy, effectively. And Guillermo's been fighting to make oh, yeah. a third one for a while. Like, why did they not go down that path? Now he's an Oscar winner. They could, like, use that to their advantage. Because they're dumb. But instead, they reboot it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're dumb. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Lionsgate is trying to tap into the superhero market. And I guess maybe they didn't feel as though the first two films were superhero-y enough. Also, yeah, we right. have to be realistic about it. The first two films weren't like gigantic successes. No, they weren't. They weren't like huge money makers. It's a miracle the second one mm-hmm. even got made. To be perfectly honest, 
Which is extra strange why they even revisited it like at all. Like, oh yeah, because it's like work in. Yeah. well, Lionsgate had some IPs, you know, they had Saw, they had Hunger Games, and now they don't have anything. So they're looking at the market, going like, "Oh, what's popular? Oh, superhero movies. Do yeah. we have one of and those? Uh, flip through the books. Yeah. yeah, I guess we have one of those. So yeah, but you got to make it like Deadpool. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's that pretty much what happened. Mandate. Which is sad. Yeah. Because I mean, you could you could do something with Hellboy. They just fucked it up royally. Right. Mm-hmm. I think but people would have been excited dollars, for Hellboy that's to be three. A safe honestly, Guillermo oh, yeah. directing would have been, been cool. The same cast. People yeah. totally would have. They would have fucking been lines out the door to yeah. see that. Yeah. Oh well. Oopsie. Why is it that every creative industry is like this, where money. one person or one like group comes up with like <laughs> an idea that just makes so much money? So then they will just copy it and think, yeah, we'll do it as well, because it's not like they already have it or anything. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and then they it's, fail, and then they, like, they're shocked every time. But it's been going on like, in it's every industry for decades. Like yeah. The, yeah. the people making these decisions aren't like creative people that really wanted to express something that's been eating away at their soul. You know, this is, a, this is literally just about <laughs> like, what can I make money off of? Hey, they're making money off of that. I'm going to do that. I was playing trials rising last night for my my stream and right. it, it's like it's a fun motorbike game or whatever like i i really enjoy it but uh they, ha- they had a bunch of them but this newest one at the end of every single uh, uh track that you do there's these dumb Fortnite dances <laughs> and it's just like, i'm yeah. like this is from Fortnite. you wanted to be Fortnite. everything's trying to be Fortnite. please yeah, stop every game has please Fortnite stop elements now. it's just it's this wasn't a creative decision, Ubisoft. This was, well, yeah. we're, was you're like trying to be Fortnite. Ago, every game just copied Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. And was like that pissed me brown. off. Especially yeah. with Halo. Trying to be Call of Duty. That pissed me off. Yeah. yeah. But then it, it flipped around again when Overwatch became popular. And yeah. then everyone started copying that cartoonist style. Do your and own then yeah. fucking thing. It's like, Wall even with the business thing aside, just apply basic logic. Like, the market is being filled already. By something so perfect for what they're doing that you could not possibly compete. You're oversaturating You're to be filling it. gaps in the market. Yeah, exactly. They're killing it. Yeah, and the ones that are the huge successes usually aren't the ones that copied in the first place. I mean, in ways, maybe, exactly. sure. I mean, like, Fortnite wasn't the first Battle Royale game that there was, but I think it mm-hmm. st- stood out enough from PUBG that that's why PUBG got destroyed by it, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they just copied and tried to make this exact same game as PUBG, then there would be no reason for people to want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PUBG was just an Arma mod before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the and it was buggy it. and like broken and looked terrible, so Fortnite yeah. was appealing to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really annoying because these people are creatively bankrupt. <laughs> they don't know yeah. how to do just, art. I guess it's just the result. But they're in charge they're trying of trying to monetize like an art form. I think it's yeah. partly ego too. Like they think the reason these things are so successful is because of them, probably, and right. not because of like Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman and oh, those yeah. people. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I could do anything I want. I'm a movie maker. I'll be successful, right. right? Yeah. They think they're like Marvel. Marvel's kind of like that. They can yeah. kind of mm-hmm. throw directors at the wayside because they're Marvel. But yeah. no, not every company's like that. <laughs> not Lionsgate. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so what's yeah, so funny is like their their IP oh great segue. <laughs> should I should I even no, say what I was wrong. gonna say? You you evaluate how important you think it is. <laughs> no, I can't 
I kind of have to. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> Sorry, I stunted you. Um, no, it was great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's okay. Finish your thought. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say how funny it is that they had like the, this gigantically successful IP of, of Saw. And then with the Jigsaw, they had this mm-hmm. opportunity to truly keep it going. They had a gigantic yeah. opportunity where they could have just we been like, yeah. He's alive again. Whatever, it doesn't make sense. It's not like the other movies did. He, or, <laughs> yeah, or like, why didn't they just they do the twin brother thing? He, I would have loved prequel, the twin brother whatever, thing. It doesn't matter. Like, the in, twin brother yeah. would be in Saw Three, that was actually my twin brother that died, and I've been doing yeah, everything this entire time, and I was pretending to be dead. But then they cheaped out, and then they just did the entire Saw Four plot again, where they're like, actually, the twist at the end is that this happened before Saw Three. So yeah, timelines. <laughs> uh, yeah. So stupid. And they, it was such a bait and switch with the HD TVs in there. I'm like, what? So this happened in like 2002. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like this literally doesn't make sense. Pissed me off. And now apparently Chris Rock is rebooting the franchise. Mm-hmm. Which Chris Rock? Oh yeah, yeah. Chris Rock is rebooting Saw. And all I want out of it right. is Tobin Bell to still be involved. I don't want it to turn into another like. Nightmare on Elm Street reboot thing where they just forget that the one actor you're supposed to keep to make it stay successful is necessary. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it would do well without him. Yeah, like who They better be careful. It, it, they should replace him <laughs> with Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's all I picture <laughs> in my head. <laughs> is Jigsaw played by Chris Rock. What what's he doing? Is he writing it or I don't directing know, producing it, he just it producing I guess. It? Just yeah, producing. He just wants okay. to make some money. Chris Rock okay. Fair enough. was in a movie called Madagascar, and Madagascar had lions in it. Speaking of lions, we th- <laughs> we saw the original Lion King, the good one, not the new one. Yeah. Or I guess yeah, Ralph think, might have seen the new one. Did you? No. You said I didn't. On- oh, you yet. didn't. Are you going to talk about this? No, you didn't. didn't. You going to talk okay, about I'm this debate that's going on? There's there's a debate. Oh, the, yeah. that I tweeted. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be a debate. I just said I'm going to go <laughs> see it at some point. And yeah. then people were like, "You're giving Disney your money." I'm like, "Well, it's too late. It's oh, it's over already." <laughs> it, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. A million dollars. I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I get what you're saying. I'm though. planning on doing some sort of a review on it. I'm probably going to wind up mm-hmm. buying the Blu-ray because I want access to the special right. features and all that stuff to use for my review, and I won't really have it otherwise. So that's unfortunate, but I don't want to add to their current box office in theaters i don't want to do that right and i feel like i'm at least contributing something by making little passive aggressive tweets telling other people not to see it (laughs) i think i'm doing my job (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like my tweet and then your tweet directly after about how you're gonna see it and spend 10 ralph Mm -hmm. bucks on it people on our subreddit got <laughs> a little. Yeah, they always up. do that. Whatever. You saw Aladdin what two months ago? Yeah, but I didn't so care about. You gave Aladdin him money. Yeah, but I'm just saying personally, I think Aladdin works looks way worse than Lion King. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I haven't given movie. I haven't given Disney a penny for any of these live action remakes so far. Not a penny. Yeah, same. And I'm interested in just experiencing. Oh, you haven't one done a single the one. No, I've never given a fuck. And yeah. we're at this point now. They've basically remade all of them. So I'm like, whatever. They already have the the mermaid one ready. They're mm-hmm. ready. Mulan's they're working on. Out. I think Guillermo's going to do Pinocchio. That one actually kind of sounds interesting. There's already a Pinocchio yeah. happening that's not by Disney, from uh, yeah. the Italian director who did uh, Gamora and Reality and 
Dogman, Matteo Garon, I think his name is. Interesting. Yeah, he's doing a Pinocchio okay. movie. Right. It looks really I'd weird. Like to watch that. Yeah, I, I'll totally yeah. watch we'll that. We'll see. We'll see what Disney does. I hope that comes out before the Disney one. If Disney is even, I don't even know if they're in production for that. If they would be. Yeah. But, I just saw it is listed somewhere. Yeah. But I'm excited for the yeah. Matteo Garon one anyway. So I I got a question for you. So you you're basically your your mentality is that it doesn't matter because you're just one person and you're not wrong no you're not oh okay. in this in this case in this case yes okay i got a question <laughs> in for this you. case come on everybody like what the fuck am i adding to the <laughs> i got a question for you uh-huh do you vote well i haven't voted so far in my life oh for president no no oh okay any other yo you don't yeah. take part in like Local elections. Local State elections, yeah. Elections. Yeah, the 2016 one I could have voted. I chose not to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Me, but... yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Do you not think it's slightly it different with the, the context of like who Ralph is and like what his whole deal is? You know, mm-hmm. like being part of the movie scene, reviewing bad movies and ripping no, yeah, and stuff. no, completely. I was just giving him shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> people wanted a bit of a bit of a cat yeah, people take cat Twitter fight. so seriously. Like I just tweeted that. I was just like, oh whatever, yeah. this is really, this will be funny. Like, well, whatever. People take Twitter yeah, extremely he, he seriously. Genuinely cares, yeah. yeah, and then it goes on yeah, Reddit with five hundred likes. Oh, they're gonna argue about this next episode. <laughs> I'm not trying to fucking whatever. The wars I just raging. won't use Twitter then. It's like our own little tabloids. You know? It is. It's annoying. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I just can't use Twitter and, like, write down a thought I have. <laughs> it's going to be cross-examined by fucking 600 yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new quote. Ralph thinks that our fans are annoying. You just said it. This is a scandal. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Get ready for uh, that. Ralph, why do you hate people? <laughs> yeah, I just hate my I hate my fan base. I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> uh, I don't hate my fan base. I hate your fan base. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, the Lion King. All, what did our you guys fan bases are mixing now? <laughs> Crossbred. <laughs> oh yeah, cross the streams. <laughs> yeah, we're crossing the streams. They're mutating. <laughs> Help! It's, it's out Lion of control. King. <laughs> Lion King, my favorite animated movie of the original, all time. Yeah, yeah well, not yeah, the live not action. The <laughs> I mean, so it's your favorite animated the... movie of all time. Yes. And I saw your rating. Ever. <laughs> but I, so I'd like you to... Well, I knew uh, this was going to happen. That's fine. Favorite doesn't necessarily mean I think it's the best. Right. Favorite okay. means that it, it's a film that I experience very personal emotions to. Every time I see it, I love the music so much. The music connects with me mm-hmm. on such a, a mm-hmm. powerful level. I love the setting, scenery, character designs. And not just, you know... I th- I think that it's a very incredibly mature story for something that could be considered a kids film. And yeah, sure, yeah. it's just Hamlet with lions. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not a perfect movie. There's some inconsistencies and some like, you know, I guess God just got mad and took away all the trees and <laughs> and the water and then he got happy again. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like it's just it's the talent involved behind every decision in this film i think it's just phenomenal overall 
Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Yeah. It's a very good movie. Insane um, cast. Especially the music. Um, the performances yeah, the cast, are all yeah. great. Yeah. And that's something we're going to miss in this new one. And that's that's one of the best right. things about this one. Yeah. Jeremy Irons. I know you're going to go on about him, Adam. But there's also mm, Rowan yeah. Atkinson. There's, uh, I guess that's it. Because those are the only two I know. <laughs> James but, Earl but Jones. Everyone's great. Whoopi James Goldberg. Great. Cheech Whoopi Marin. Um, yeah, all the hyenas are funny. Yeah. Ed was played by, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who does Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Cummings. <laughs> yeah, Jim remember. Cummings. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't mm-hmm. know who played Rafiki. <laughs> I, I don't know who played Sarabi. But I know everybody else. You got, you got Donald Glover now and uh, John Oliver. Yay. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Fuck you. It's so bad. I've been looking at the clips of the new Lion King like on Twitter. Have you seen what they've done to Timon? Everything about it is yeah. embarrassing. Everything about it. It looks like... It's I saw shit. the death scene. Mufasa's oh, yeah. dying. No! It's very bad the kid can't in the act. new one. The voice acting <laughs> got so much worse. Yeah. It's actually embarrassing. The only voice actor I don't like in the original is Matthew Broderick. I don't think he was well cast. Yeah, I thought his performance his was His singing was fine, but the voice... Yeah, not just his voice play? acting. He played adult Simba. He was older Simba. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I think. Ferris okay. Bueller. <laughs> yeah. So there's only like three male lion characters in the movie. And so Matthew Broderick's mm-hmm. really the odd one out in this scenario because James Earl Jones and uh, Jeremy Irons, in both of their performances, not only do they really kind of amplify this whole I'm a lion sort of performance in their voice especially jeremy irons the way he like snarls mm-hmm. and and makes all these crazy noises the yeah it's insane and then james mm-hmm. earl jones what really helps him out is like he's got this huge bassy tone to his voice it's so low pitched that when you're watching especially with good speakers it it really you can hear it in in your subwoofers like the room vibrates mm-hmm. when he talks and so you have this presence of this scary large feline character and that's just through the voice acting and then you get to matthew broderick he doesn't really have anything to offer there he sounds like disney lead number 435 you know Mm -hmm. which is the point for most of the movie i know it's it's a little sad i would have liked a bit more character for him yeah at the same time still love the movie it's that's the only Mm -hmm. like really weak element i could say yeah no movie's perfect as they say Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except Gotti. Except an- except Antichrist and Gotti. So Alex, what right. uh, what go. are your gripes? Um, so I used to watch this film a lot when I was a kid. I have fond memories of it, mm-hmm. um, and I did enjoy myself when I rewatched it. But I don't. I just don't remember it being as like excessively camp as it was. It's like mm-hmm. really, really silly and goofy. And I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I remember in my head it sat in this place of like. This is like an epic, grand story, but it felt slightly more quaint to me when I when I rewatched it. Very interesting. Yeah, it was it was a weird. It was actually a really strange experience to me because it it's I hadn't seen it since I was a literal child. So mm-hmm. it was it was it was there still in my brain in pieces, and I was recognizing all the scenes, but it was like a completely new point of reference. So it was mm-hmm. strange for me to analyze from there. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought I thought it was very good overall. Um, I did find it interesting how every now and again I thought the film kind of looked a bit flat for me. Well, it's 2D. 
there's this contrast where the 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 kind of layers mm-hmm. looked odd to me. I don't know if it was just my TV or it what. But might have been. There was a very obvious layer. Yeah. Which version did you watch? There are versions. I just I just got like it off iTunes. Blu-ray? Whatever that one is. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I just bought it off iTunes. Okay. Yeah, but... Disney have made slight alterations to yeah. The Lion King. Yeah. Also, speaking of right. you know, THX, it might be yeah, it might be that. like a bad remaster or something. But mm-hmm. it might be that. Was the yeah. was the morning report in it? <laughs> that that terrible <laughs> they did for the tenth of tenth uh, anniversary DVD. I think it might have been before the Blu-ray, but they added literally an extra new song into it that that they freshly animated for real yeah and it was fucking mm. awful and zazu sung it and they they got some kid that wasn't jonathan taylor thomas because he was too old to to, to be young simba in that part and to <laughs> and to fit that into the movie to force it in this terrible song that had no personality to it whatsoever they had to get rid of the pouncing scene the pouncing lesson, which is like just such what? a great, really? yeah. They had they replaced the pouncing. It's kind of an essential scene. <laughs> yeah, and and w- when you played the DVD on the 10th anniversary edition, the default was that scene, and you had to go into the special features to say, "No, I would like to watch the real version of the movie <laughs> instead." Yeah, that's Isn't that sad. Shit. Fuck you, Disney. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. That is bad. I don't know. Might have been your TV. I I don't think that uh, anything about it seems. Like poorly animated. Well, I was, I was reading like about layers, it, and apparently this project over at Disney, like no one had much faith in it, so it was kind of yeah. the B team supposedly. Yeah, whereas everyone was pushing for, I think it was Pocahontas yeah. at the time. Like they were like, yeah. "That this is going to be our success story." We're just like, "Yeah, this Lion King thing, whatever." <laughs> yeah, proves that they don't know what they're talking about. It's it's held up so much by a couple of like key character building scenes that really hold it together, especially. I found the second act much more engaging than the the first and third. I thought the All musical right. numbers are better. I think it's more okay. visually interesting. Mm. When, whenever there's a new musical number, they 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 embrace the fact that it's animation and like do crazy backgrounds and have all yeah. these kind of trippy visuals and everything. And that's something that's really lacking from the new ones. From oh, all of course, I've watched on, on <laughs> yeah. YouTube. It's just they're just running in the a line. Brown, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the jungle, brown yeah. desert, yeah, jungle. What's the point? But yeah, they, they do make the most out of um, the fact that it's animated, and there there are some really impressive sort of perspective shots. I was noticing where the cameras yeah, kind of swinging there's around, some Michael and, Bay shots and animating it. it. I think it was just the overall simplicity of the story was leaving me lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the the setup for all the characters is very strong, but by the end, uh, it kind of feels like it peters out a bit for me. I really like when Timon and Pumbaa show up. I think they're funny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're one of few comic relief characters in kids movies that aren't just incredibly annoying. They're they like great jokes. They're good. They're awesome. There's that awesome line where they're looking at the stars, and it's like it's a fart joke. It's a verbal fart joke, yeah. and I can't believe how funny it is. Where it's yeah. like it's always gas with you yeah. when he's asking, when he theorizes that the stars are like balls of gas mm-hmm. <laughs> exploding yeah. in the distance or whatever. Yeah, they got some good jokes. I think that, like, yeah, it is a fairly simple story. Again, just Hamlet with lions. But it's really held together by its characters. Scar is an amazing villain. Timon and Pumbaa are amazing comic relief characters. You care when the dad dies. You care when Mufasa dies, right? Mm -hmm. Exploring their their dynamic, their relationship. Sure, it's simple, but every moment of that feels completely justified. Where, you know, the, the first moments of interaction that they have they're setting up other elements in the film that are going to be reincorporated later 
where he's talking about like, oh, one day you'll be king. Um, I'm not going to be here forever, hint, hint. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, that one shot where after Simba thinks he's being tough and he wants to be brave and he obviously looks up to his father in his life. And you see that shot of just the small paw on the larger paw footprint. And it's implied. Yeah, it doesn't great. need to explain it. Sure, it's not like super, super the most subtle thing in the world, <laughs> but it's there and it, they don't over explain it and they, they don't like pound it into your head. And the clips that I was watching of the new Lion King where Scar is getting Simba set up for the trap or whatever, the uh, stampede. He's like, oh yeah, just go on this rock. In the, in the remake, I'm looking at this clip. It's just so fucking infuriating because they over explain everything and Simba literally verbalizes out mm -hmm. loud he's like oh but I want to be a, a big lion and I want a big roar so I'm like that was implied earlier right that was implied earlier <laughs> when when he was trying to save Nala and he he felt yeah. like he couldn't do that on his own right that the the, the paw print or whatever like it's all implied and then you see him like oh yeah I see this little lizard or whatever I'm gonna try and roar at it I'm not doing a good job like you can figure that out even as a child. It's fucking obvious. Why do they feel the need to over-explain every single thing? Like, we're stupid. It's so infuriating. Mm -hmm. That pissed me off. Test yeah. screenings. <laughs> I don't know. At the test screenings, people are probably like, uh, I, I don't understand that part. So they, they write in some exposition. <laughs> I just want to know why the movie is half an hour longer if it's shot for shot. Apparently there's a new song. Is that new song epic. just... Half an hour longer? Like, is it a half hour long song? Who's, What'd you do to it? Who's the new song for? Is it Nala's song? I, I, I don't know. A couple of new songs. Oh, I have no idea. Mm. I'll see it eventually. It's not going to be fun. Whatever they did, it's for the worse. Exactly. Yeah. So, there's, there's no way you can improve it in that context. Yeah. No. It looks more realistic. Okay, then they shouldn't be talking. It's rendered there shouldn't even be a story if you want realistic lines. There shouldn't be a narrative. <laughs> there shouldn't be voice actors. Yeah. Fuck you. It's just coming from the wrong creative place completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense from like a pre-production like standpoint. Like there's a reason the original was animated, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's so expressive. The animation is so clever what they do with it. I mean, the new one is also but animated. It's none of that now. <laughs> but it's just yeah. pretending not to be. But that, that's the thing though, but they're not animating it like an animated movie. Yeah. They're animating it like it's a CG effect like in yeah. a movie. So it's just loads of CG effects running around in a CG field. Yeah. I might have even seen a, a remake of The Lion King that was CGI animated. If it was mm -hmm. like, if it looked like a cartoon. Yeah. If it was just a good 3D animated cartoon, like Pixar made it. <laughs> yeah. That would have been Where fun. they actually have character designs I, I probably and been style. Like, All right. Yeah. That would have been better than this. Just a lion. Like a lion is like one of the least expressive animals that fucking yeah. is out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's the main character. <laughs> that tweet that's been going around that has like 25,000 retweets, that comparison shot of like when Mufasa dies. <laughs> like yeah. you get so it's much sad. out of the facial expressions of, of this kid that just lost his dad, witnessed his father being murdered in front of him. And the voice acting sells it so much too. And it's it, yeah. the lighting choices too in the original, like where, where everything gets darker yeah, and you, you see... In Mufasa's eyes as he's realizing he's about to be murdered by his brother, right? And then you see the new one. It's like Scar just boops him on the nose. He f and as he's falling, he's like, the voice acting is so much worse. And then the, the, just looking at looking at Simba. No! And it's just, it looks like a taxidermy. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like terrible. a character. 
You can't see Plus anything the lion in his falling eyes. falling off the cliff. Uh, like seeing a, a, a real lion flying off a cliff looks very goofy. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unintentional. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Whereas in the original, that scene is incredible. It's the best scene it's in the movie It's powerful. nuts. You yeah. don't get that out of kids' movies ever. Right? Even when you have other characters, you know, family members die, especially in kids' movies now. I, like, I, can't, I can't think of many at all, especially successful, good kids' movies where something like that has happened. Like in Frozen, it's implied death of parents. Up had some mm -hmm. emotional moments for sure with the loss of a character. But again, very implied. This, it was like you just yeah. witnessed this kid's dad die. And it was a character that was built up. It wasn't somebody that was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is somebody who existed in this character's life before and we're just trying to yeah. explain why they feel some sense of loss. This is a character that we saw throughout the film and grew to love. And so we were experiencing the loss of that character too. In dad, the essential conflict, yeah. Wake up, dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> you don't get that anywhere. People are too chicken That's why I think shit. it's an essential film for kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it teaches a lot of valuable lessons learning from the past and death and life and the circle of life and how important that is and how we all have to come to grips with that it's like a it's a good way of approaching that for young minds to kind of wrap yeah, their head around absolutely i didn't actually think about this until now but i'm just realizing that if this wasn't disney's b project we probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of those decisions <laughs> We probably yeah, wouldn't exactly. have gotten yeah. those kinds of risks. Does anyone remember Pocahontas? Nope. Like, really? Nope. Have you seen it? I remember it? some like, of the songs. No one's talking about that movie. It's one of their more Whereas The Lion King ones. is revered. Savages, Paint With All The Colors of The Wind. There's some good songs, but fuck, it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So mm -hmm. very, very sad. Are they going to try and remake Pocahontas? What are they going to do with that yeah. one? 100%. Of course they 100%. are. 100%. It's not PC. They're on a roll. <laughs> it's not PC. Oh, they Don't make it PC. It. Yeah, what are, you, what are they going to do with it? Ugh, they'll have a realistic CG raccoon and it'll be funny and cute and oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Epic but fight, something like that. They'll get a realistic tree mom just throw in the cats from Tom Hooper's <laughs> epic musical. Fuck me. In the most ambitious <laughs> That's the crossover, crossover. Yeah. <laughs> What's that cat movie that Disney made? <laughs> they can do that. Oh, the Aristocats? That's the one, yeah. yeah. Aren't there like really racist characters How in about that? a remake of 101 Dalmatians? versus cats there's a cruella de vil movie right now yeah yeah oh, i think emma stone's think gonna like play cruella de vil or something <sighs> right oh it's like a solo right. it's like a side project it's like a spin-off on just cruella de vil oh right okay apparently but yeah there was a live action remake of 101 dalmatians with glenn close back in the day mm -hmm. yeah disney's been doing but this another for ages one. you just keep remaking them like alice in wonderland as well with tim burton like years ago yeah yeah they just whore out all of their properties. But everyone still gives them money. They still get their money. Even if it's not from that, they get it from Marvel and Star Wars. Or Ralph. Collecting yeah. all the Ralph <laughs> well, bucks. The, who here hasn't seen any of those? Yeah. So fuck you two, also. Sorry. <laughs> That's <laughs> my point. Me? What am I done? <laughs> you gave money to Disney too. What do you mean? It, this is all of our faults. We all contributed Fine. to this. But it's over now. It's too late. I don't think there's any winning because, like, even if, let's say, The Lion King underperformed at the box office, like the new one, even but it's if... it's not. I, I'm Hypothetically, if, let's say, that were yeah. to take place, <laughs> okay. there would probably be a lot of people, and I'm sure there already has been. There's there's 100% been increased sales of the 94 property that they own, too. So even if, let's say, mm -hmm. this underperformed, it would still be worthwhile 
as a business decision because they essentially created a gigantic ad campaign for the original film and all right. the merchandise. Yeah. So the kids there's no way they too. could consider it to be a bad idea. Well, yeah, we all rewatched it. Mm -hmm. It just would have been really cool if they made a good movie in there somewhere. And it keeps people employed. Like people got paid to make it. I'm happy they get to feed yeah, their families. I'm, I'm very happy Beyonce got <laughs> yeah. some more money. Yeah, well, Beyonce. But all those VFX people and all those people yeah, that rendered so. that, that CGI scene of Mufasa dying. Well, they won't be seeing any of that money. That's Long right. live yeah. the king! <laughs> Fuck off. All the voice acting is so terrible. People that I normally like, like hearing Donald Glover in the clips that I saw, I'm like, you're, sorry, you're not good. I kind of like you, Donald, but you're not good in this. Yeah, it's really we'll sad. See. John Oliver sounds like cancer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Compared to Ron sound like Atkinson, a character. one of the finest comedic yeah. actors of all time. He sounds like he's still oh. doing his political show in the movie. He doesn't sound any different. <laughs> he's just, he recorded all of his lines from that fucking desk he sits at. You know what's crazy? <laughs> so I did some digging. It seems like Beyonce didn't even record her lines with anyone there. It seems like she recorded them all at her, in her own home, whereas, like, everybody else, every other cast member showed up <laughs> and, like, acted with each other. Beyonce was just mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this in my mansion. Because she's above it. On the red carpet, oh. they were being interviewed for the, like, big Hollywood premiere or whatever. Several different people were asked, like, oh, what was it like to meet Beyonce? And they were like, oh, we haven't met her yet. We might meet her tonight. And the funniest fucking <laughs> part about that is that the Lion King, they released the cast photo where everyone's in it, including Beyonce, but she was photoshopped in because people hadn't met her yet. People hadn't <laughs> met her. They weren't actually there in the same room. And then you look at it and you zoom in and it's like, this does look photoshopped. She's just yeah, kind of standing in the middle in the background in this very odd pose. And she's totally photoshopped in. And then somebody asked the, that question. Somebody was like, oh, she looks a little photoshopped in. Seth Rogen liked their tweet. And then didn't expand on it further when people started, when it started becoming a bit of a news controversy. <laughs> so yeah, Beyonce didn't even show up. She recorded all of her lines by herself and it really shows in her yeah. performance. Jesus. <laughs> She's not a good actor. As soon as you put Beyonce in a movie, no. you're saying this is to get people who are fans of Beyonce to watch it and no other reason. It's mm -hmm. not for her acting talent. She was the worst you part like of Goldmember. Pink Panther? Oh, I didn't even see that. What about Pink Panther? She was She's great. That. She was easily the worst part of Austin Powers' gold member. She was so annoying. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. sad. Remember Rihanna in Battleship? They've been doing this for ages. Battleship is Rihanna. <laughs> is it Rihanna or Rihanna? We say Rihanna? Rihanna here. Yeah. I say Rihanna. Apologies to Rihanna if I'm saying Rihanna wrong. <laughs> Adam, how do you say it? You're the decider. Rihanna? Okay. <laughs> I see how I it is. I've never had any reason to say her name before. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on The Lion King? Uh, let's remake it again with Rihanna and Beyonce mm, again. Playing every character. Yeah. <laughs> let's remake it with the entire cast of Cats. <laughs> All right. 10 out of 10 yeah. from me. <laughs> oh, the original Lion King? Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10. You're giving yeah, it a 10? 5 out of 5. Perfect. Yeah, A+. Plus. All right. Alex. Yeah. I liked it. I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's well written. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't leave me thinking or anything or stay with me particularly mm -hmm. um like a film we're going to be talking about soon but yeah it was okay i enjoyed it cool it's technically very good um i gave it mm -hmm. three and a half stars thank oh, very nice speaking of movies 
There was a movie. <laughs> oh, is that what we're talking about? What the fuck was that? Uh, Ralph recommended a movie. <laughs> a movie. Directed that we watched. by David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Eraserhead. As if you could even spoil the plot for Eraserhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see it six times before you can even understand. Anyway, uh, Eraserhead is about... Uh, well, it's a film by David Lynch. It came out 19... God, what's the year? I should have all this info. 77, that's right. Yeah. And it follows this guy, Henry, in this post-apocalyptic industrial world, almost. And he finds out that this girl he's been with is pregnant with a monstrosity of a baby. And he has to take care of it. And that's basically it. It's about the... On the on the surface level, I'd say the most base level, it's about like the anxiety of being a father... Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like, let's say, going from being a young man to having responsibilities and being an adult. It's kind of about that. Also, uh, we talked about a David Lynch movie before, Wild at Heart. But that was way more of a comedy than, mm-hmm. than this is. This movie has comedic moments, too. But this is definitely way more experimental, surrealist David Lynch. It's his first feature film. It is, which is nuts. Yeah. It was supposed to be a student film. He started as a student project. Mm. And then it just, you know, blew up. <laughs> it took him five years to make. Yep. Famously, the guy who plays Henry, I, I forgot his name at this moment. I'll look sure. it up. But he he, uh, he kept that fucking haircut. Yeah, he oh, kept God. that haircut for five years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the whole time. I don't know. I think it's... Uh... I think there's might be a bit of conflict of interest recommending a movie that you starred in. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that too. <laughs> My profile picture used to be like just a copy of, of a racer. Yeah, nice. When I had that giant afro, and nobody knew that it wasn't you. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I wasn't wild about it. I wasn't wild at heart. Um, (laughs) I thought that it was a really great first feature, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I can understand why it's had such an impact, why he's like a household name. I think that if I was in love with the tone of the film more, I would have got more out of it. But felt like slow to the point of being kind of like unnecessarily long. It's like 45 minutes through before his girlfriend leaves and he's taking care of that baby. Yeah. Well, right. Eraserhead's a, it was a 30 or 35 page script. It was something like that. And he fleshed that out into a film. Oh, yeah. I was watching the special features after. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. even a script. <laughs> it yeah. was so weird. Barely. Yeah. How do you write I think it like comes this? with the Criterion yeah. like, version. Like, they have it written out in a book. But it's barely any. It's anyway. so weird. Yeah. He's a crazy person. But he made that into a film. He kind of is, honestly, as someone who loves he's and respects him. genuinely a crazy he, he person. He is a little out there. He's, he's a little nutbar factor six. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it interesting, though. It's fascinating. Oh, for sure. That's what... I, f- I fell in love with this movie. Oh, you did? I, I, was, I was half concerned because I wasn't that crazy about Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent. But it didn't really leave any growing impressions or anything. I didn't really think about it again. Mm-hmm. But I go into this and... I just felt like I was in someone else's head mm-hmm. and, the, and the way they express themselves and the way they think and the, all the like idiosyncrasies that all the characters have. And there's, there was just so much detail and it, it was so yeah. abstract and like obtuse and weird. But I didn't, I didn't find it boring at all personally. Mm-hmm. I thought 
the pacing was was pretty good. But I was I was down for this like slow sort of plodding, methodical, atmospheric, just creepy movie. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Of course, it's been on my watch list for years and years and years. I've always wanted to see it, but never got around to it. It just connected. Like I, I really connected with the main character and his weird struggles that he was going through. I loved all the how much reading you have to do um, to figure out the movie yourself because. Mm-hmm. I think I read David Lynch like refuses to describe or explain anything about the movie because he likes the idea that everyone has to yeah you know, I, I love has that to pick about it apart him too. He kind of it. picks and chooses. Uh, he says no one has predicted what Eraserhead's actually about. I don't believe him when he says that. <laughs> I think I he just him. wants to keep it mysterious. Uh, I don't know, but it, it it's I don't know what point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> he, he picks and chooses though because like yeah, i went through a bunch chooses. of interview footage after because the criterion blu-ray has a bunch of them and there are specific mm-hmm. points and elements that he talks about that he actually explains just to some guy that was interviewing him right he kind of just picks and chooses and that might that might be a little dependent on how concrete of an idea he has for any given element in the first place i i'm right like i'm a huge hudorowski fan and i think i've explained this kind of comparison before where Every single thing in a Hodorowski movie, like you know it came from somewhere. You know he's trying to make some sort of a, either a statement on some grander uh, issue in society mm-hmm. or it's a personal aspect of something that happened in his life and this is how he's expressing it. Whereas David Lynch, sure, there's elements of that there, but I feel like a lot of it is is kind of just like, oh, I I think this would look cool. And it's weird, and it doesn't make sense, and I'm just going to put it in my it movie anyway. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but I don't feel as much for it. With David right. Lynch, it's more meditative, and that's kind of why I, I love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's big into transcendental meditation as well. As well, mm. It's kind of like the, the painters who dip their like hands in paint and kind of just smear it all over yeah. the mm. canvas. and paint. That's kind of how I see David Lynch. He like takes these things almost out of his soul and just throws them on screen, even if they don't make sense necessarily. Yeah, it's, it's very and that's why it feels feeling. so unique. Yeah, and I love the tone of it. I love how yeah. slow it is, almost to an awkward. It adds an awkwardness to the scenes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is almost funny, and that's why I love it too. There's a there's yeah. an underlying element of comedy throughout the entire thing, For sure. and and that's what makes it rewatchable as well. You know, is that you can enjoy it on different emotional levels depending on how many times you've seen it and what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. And I love what you were saying, Alex, just how, because of how abstract it is, you can really take whatever you want out of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the father element is like the most basic thing you can take out of it. But there's so many interpretations and none are correct. And you can, yeah. you can just do whatever you want with it. It's this amazing film that still dazzles people. Yeah, I think it, I, I, I don't know. It, it, David Lynch is the type of director where it feels like mostly interpretation from audience members rather than his own kind of interpretation. I know? think he has his I think own a lot meaning, of people but he'll never tell us. Make, and that's why it's interesting. Their own experience out of it. And that gives it a lot mm-hmm. of credibility in its own sense. And like I said, like you both really love the tone of this. I wasn't like, I wasn't wild about it. And so I think that that's mm-hmm. one of the bigger, really? one of the bigger issues in terms of my experience watching the film like i said still enjoyed it but if i'm not in love with the tone and overall presentation of it 
it does kind of get a little boring after a while just because it's very it's a very consistent right. tone and i like that about it but it's it it feels kind of like stagnant to me like there's nothing really, really all that new or crazy being introduced except for you know the lady in the vent the awesome puppet i love the puppetry <laughs> of that baby i love the way its oh, eyes move fantastic. like there's there's yeah, a lot I, of I, elements I agree with you. to this that i really love yeah. but I wasn't really invested in anything. I can't agree with you when you say there's not like crazy stuff happening. Like every five minutes, there was crazy shit happening. Uh, <laughs> I, I love no, that. But it, it, it's, it's, it's still totally his head flies off, and the guy picks it up and end. turns it into erasers. But there's stuff all throughout the movie that's like that. The chicken scene or the, the dinner the scene where they thing. eat the chicken. The stop motion thing. Henry in the elevator, and it takes like fucking ten minutes for him to get upstairs. There's yeah, like no, tons of stuff that just, it's so bizarre. It's very memorable. They're, they're sprinkled uh -huh. in the movie for sure. I wouldn't say they're every five minutes. I, I, I think it's pretty often. I don't often. know, man. Yeah, I think it's yeah. pretty often. Mm. I think it's pretty often. Like with the body language and the weird ticks that people do and no one addresses it. <laughs> yeah. It's just really unsettling. Because we haven't even mentioned, like, I thought the film was quite frightening at points. Like, just so unsettling. So mm -hmm. unlike, like, traditional kind of scares. that It, it is off-putting. It is strange. It does make you feel wrong points it, yeah it's fascinating to watch on the that, fact that a lot of it's unexplained too is what makes it scary yeah um i think one of the best yeah. things about this film and what makes it so terrifying at times is the sound i think yeah. the sound kind of sells everything about it and when you yeah. learn like i the, noted that down yeah the the history behind what he did with the sound mm -hmm. and how he made this like industrial landscape soundscape i mean mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting he based a lot of um like the world of Eraserhead, I think from when he lived in Philadelphia, because yeah. Philadelphia was yeah, like was a really shithole, and like he took that and kind of set this movie in that similar setting, mm -hmm. and the the sound of like just the environment and the metal clashing and just this ambient hum throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's creepy and unique. Yeah, it's really it's really bizarre because like I don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't really find it scary. <laughs> um, I found some things interesting right. for sure. I liked a lot of the imagery. I liked when his head got cut off. You know, there were some really cool things that happened sprinkled throughout the movie. But for the most part, I didn't really find any character interesting. Like I liked how he always looked like he was going to vomit. Like that was kind of interesting. But there were no stakes. Nothing that happened really mattered because there was no consequence to anything. And you know, even at the end, it's like, oops, I woke up. You know, like the head being chopped off didn't even really matter. Like it, it didn't really feel like there were any consequences or even really goals. Mm -hmm. I feel like the goal is more abstract than, yeah. than like a literal A, B, C, D, E, F, G type story. Mm -hmm. I just it's weird though because I was so, we, me and Adam were on the same page for the other Lynch movie we did. And mm -hmm. now I'm with Ralph on this one. So <laughs> that's interesting to me. Yeah, but I, I feel like this was much better than well, because that other one's that one more was. linear. But this one is yeah. completely uncompromising. David Lynch, full on, you know. And I, I guess you kind of like that aspect of it. I like yeah. it too. This is my favorite movie from him. Mm. So really? okay. I understand that. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely check out more of his filmography. I've seen yeah. what four movies from him now. I still haven't seen Blue Velvet or Lost Highway. Those are the two that I really mm. want to check out. Yeah, th those um, are great. Yeah, and I'm looking mm. forward to them. And I've I've never regretted watching any of his films, for sure. Like I feel right, like I got yeah. something mm -hmm. unique and new out of it. But in terms of 
like rewatchability for me. Like I, I love movies. Obviously, you guys already know this: Synecdoche, New York, Holy Mountain, etc. I love movies yeah. that I'm able to interpret for sure, 100%. But I'm not a big fan of films where, sure, the entire thing's interpretable. But I need to have some something that makes me feel as though rewatching it and and getting the interpretations out of it is a worthwhile experience. And if I'm not connected to the tone, if I'm not like invested in in the atmosphere per se and I'm not scared by it and I don't like I'm not connected to any of the characters or anything like that mm-hmm. sure you could make the argument that I could get more out of it by watching it multiple times but there's nothing that makes me feel like the experience of watching it more would be something that I would enjoy like I don't want it to be a chore I don't want it to be like a school project <laughs> where I'm where I'm trying right. to find meaning in something to make myself start enjoying it more and I feel like every other movie that I've loved that is interpretable in that sense is something that stuck with me right away. Something that, you know, the 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 music, the characters, the atmosphere and other elements to the production and the story. There's something that that immediately connects with me about The Holy Mountain, about Synecdoche, New York, about a lot of these mm. other ones that that I will watch a billion times and continue to interpret. But unfortunately, there's nothing about that for this film. It was just specific scenes, specific choices that I appreciated and found interesting, but it's not, I, I don't know if I'll ever see it again, <laughs> unfortunately. This is my second <laughs> attempt too. Right, okay. I think I told you guys that story yeah. where I, I watched yeah, the first half of it and I got sleepy and then <laughs> I couldn't finish it because he removed chapter selections from the DVD and I had to return it and I wasn't <laughs> going to fast forward through it at like two times speed on this shitty DVD player I had when I was younger. <laughs> but at least at least we have the mystery solved as to why I felt so tired the first time. It's because I, <laughs> I got kind of bored, bored by it. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's not my kind of, it's yeah, not it my kind of experience with, overall, which is unfortunately. Yeah. That's this fair, this yeah. is not a film meant to connect with everyone. Exactly. That much is clear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I can experience in terms of like gazing into the soul of the creator of this film other than he's just kind of crazy you know <laughs> there's like, more to it than that but i feel yeah. like there's more method to the madness yeah there. yeah there's way more method to it i think it's a beautifully made movie in every way mm-hmm. that's that's really what makes me mm-hmm. love it so much but there also is that element and it is deeper than i i think it's deeper than he's just crazy for sure yeah um, no, well, let's talk I'd, about. I'd like you to explain thematically. You, yeah, I'd yeah, like to hear more from you. Let's get into it. Well, well let, let's go through the whole movie in order. I have sure. <laughs> I don't okay. have the whole plot written down here, but I guess we can. <laughs> I want to hear you talk about it for sure. I have some specific scenes. Um, well, let's start with the beginning. So, w- what is the beginning of the movie? Uh, so some man like coming out of his head or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. That like it's basically. Like a visual mm-hmm. metaphor for like semen or whatever, like the, <laughs> I guess, yeah, coming mm-hmm. out of his. People mouth. see it as like a sex scene, like a, yeah. a sex scene slash birth yeah. of either Henry or a Henry's son or yeah. whatever that thing is. I would assume <laughs> it's. Henry's I would assume baby. it's connected to his baby thing. Baby et. Yeah, it could be either. Yeah, a little um, baby some Yoshi. Think, like, I kind of have a theory that the <laughs> the man with the levers is Henry's father. So mm. you could say it's right. like Henry being born, like Henry's soul is coming out of the ether because his his soul is like floating in space. That's kind of like the first image of the movie, mm-hmm. and then he shoots yeah. out that little 
thing <laughs> out of his mouth <laughs> and it mm-hmm. goes into that puddle. Mm-hmm. So you could say that's him also. Yeah. Um, anyway, then he's just in Philadelphia somewhere. He goes to his apartment and it takes like 10 minutes for him to get from the elevator to his room. Uh, he has like a neighbor who he wants to fuck kind of, but he can't mm-hmm. cause he, he gets the news that he's gonna have this baby <laughs> with this, <Yeah>. with this <laughs> girl, <laughs> with their crazy family, her grandmother who is like, dead yeah. basically she doesn't move mm-hmm. at all and then her father who's fucking hysterical and her mother who has a nervous uh breakdown so uh, i I'm, i try to decide let's decipher the dinner scene a little i want to hear you guys talk about it the bloody chicken <laughs> the bloody chicken just the whole the whole thing Go i think he's trying to imitate like the anxiety of like the like having a family dinner yeah with people that's family. obviously that's yeah. obviously the tone of it yeah mm-hmm uh, you get to cut I, also, the check I thought in that here, scene was just hilarious as well. Just yeah, on like a character level, how uncomfortable everyone was and how mm-hmm. just awkward the whole scene was. Even like in this first movie, Lynch always has those kind of characters, like very mm-hmm. goofy, over the top, comedic characters, like the father. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of that character in Wild Wild at Heart too. Yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe is kind of that <laughs> character he was great in, that. in that film. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I thought the dialogue was also really interesting well written and expressive a big thing about like these pretentious like art films or the ones that are pretentious (laughs) is like the dialogue is always terrible Mm, or like like vague meaning like oh uh i saw god or (laughs) i don't i can't think of one at this moment but there's nothing like that in this the dialogue is either just weird it makes no sense or it's just like fine yeah i I certainly like (laughs) david lynch a lot more than people that try to imitate david lynch that's for sure yeah definitely yeah I, I don't think that. there's any film like this before it came out, like that would evoke this kind of anxiety in an audience, yeah. or even attempt to. It's it's a big, so it's I, a big I tone appreciate thing. him for that. Yeah, like that. That's it was the a most big midnight the movie. movie. There were lines around the block for people to see this when it came out. Okay, so what happens after that dinner scene? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember after that. It just descends into madness, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it really does. About nothing for 45 minutes, and then some cool stuff. <laughs> well, he sees the lady in the radiator. I want to. Or radiator. is it radiator or radiator? Radiator. Radiator. Whatever, however yeah. you say it, radiator. It's radiator. <laughs> the lady in the radiator. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in the radiator. The How do we all take that? I want to hear you guys talk about it. <laughs> I mean. It's my first time seeing it, so I'm still processing it. You're, yeah, you're gonna have to carry this. Oh, I don't. I don't want to explain like, the whole thing. Either. No, I, I do <laughs> like, want like, you to what, talk about. How it. did you see it? How did you see it the first time? Like you were watching that. Which scene? The the lady in the radiator. How did you? <laughs> the lady in the, yeah, ra- the radiator. radiator. The lady in the radiator. How did you interpret that? How did I interpret it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was. <sighs> This is exactly what I'm talking Honest, about. This is, exactly this is why I love talking about this movie. I love it. This, this, Honestly, this is my issue. I, I don't know. But take your time. It's good. It's good. This is good. That's the, that's the thing, the though. Like, I, I knew I was just going to be like, I'm just going to let this film wash over me. I know. One of my notes was, I don't know completely what it means yet, but I loved whatever it was. Yeah, that's exactly. How I, that's how like I'm feeling about it. it right now. Mm-hmm. You trust it, and it takes you, you on. It. it takes you on a yeah. ride. Right? You have like some and it also yeah. makes sense. Faith like if it really connects the... with you, it just makes sense for you, even if you don't it's understand it It's a hard it thing entirely. to explain. Yeah. Yeah. It is really difficult because it is such an underlying like metaphysical thing. It's it <laughs> It is mm-hmm. hard to explain, but 
just the mood the atmosphere of it all was was what pulled me in and i was just in the world very quickly I thought exactly they established yeah. the world very well and exactly what it was going for i understood quite quickly so i was on board just with whatever crazy stuff was happening and i was just taking it at face value for a lot of it and mm-hmm. and you know reading behind the scenes I, I obviously picked up on the sort of father responsibility thing and the stresses of all that i thought that was the, that was the biggest takeaway for me and but i thought it was really expressive in the way the character was dealing with that kind of like anguish and emotion and just the the visual side of what those feelings can like manifest as is such a like beautiful way of showing that kind of mindset as like yeah. a visual form but mm-hmm. it was really connecting with me on that kind of level it's like it's like in this dreamlike world almost like, yeah so it does feel like a nightmare reality. it does Which feel like a nightmare because yeah, that kind of does. those weird like the character there's that woman that's like at the end of the bed and she's just like doing weird things and like making weird <laughs> shapes with her arms and it's like this is exactly like what dreams are like those weird details that make nightmares scary that mm-hmm. captures it so well but there also is a plot and an internal logic mm. within it yeah. i think that works for me and keeps me going through it mm-hmm. and also that comedy I tried to apply some logic to it. I think the world of Eraserhead is set like after, uh, let's say, a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. I think it's like yeah. a post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland, which was kind of a, a worry in like the 60s and 70s when Eraserhead was made, like around that time. So I kind of see it as that. And that, that gives like a reason to why the baby comes out all deformed. Right. Because yeah. it's like similar to like in Japan when the bombs were dropped on like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, because doesn't he have like, like a framed picture of a nuke like in his bedroom yeah, or something? I he didn't does. notice that. Yeah, so I kind of took it as that. And like the mm. baby is like a deformed like nuclear baby, mm-hmm. like as a result of all the radiation. Right, yeah. I kind of took it as that. Um, the lady in the radiator, I was. <laughs> I'm gonna keep we saying know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of saying it as a joke now, but oh, okay. uh, the lady in the radiator, I'll say it correct. The lady in the radiator is like a, almost like this, this personification of what he wants in his life. And I don't know if right. it's a metaphor or real or it doesn't really matter necessarily. Mm-hmm. I also think it's like a embodiment of his mother, like uh, this, right. the stuff he needs in his life, like a more maternal kind of love. Whereas the the father, which is like the guy with all the levers in outer space, is a bit uh, meaner and more blunt to him throughout the film, throughout like his actions. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of how I take the lady in the radiator. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, he wants he wants happiness, he wants heaven, and heaven everything is fine. There's yeah. an implied sense that he wants to kill himself because you know go to heaven and in heaven everything is fine. Yeah. So it's like the manifestation of those thoughts as well. Yeah, I, I think you pretty that's much got it. it. I mean, like, Radiator is involved with heat, and although you can't really necessarily, you know, feel feel the temperature in the room, you have to imagine that that's the source of some sort of comfort in that that dreary-looking environment that he's in. The reason why I was curious about... It's like a fireplace, kind of. Like, you gather around it for warmth, and yeah, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, part of the reason why I was um, curious about your, your... thoughts on the radiator scene specifically is um like i said david lynch kind of picks and chooses uh which parts he he talks about and in one of the interviews that i that i saw on the criterion blu-ray he does kind of go into it it's not like super complex or anything he doesn't really like provide Mm -hmm. specific uh like this is supposed to be this this is supposed to be this sort of ideas to it but he was saying that 
the lady in the radiator was supposed to represent some sort of like beacon of light in a world where the rest of the film is so dark, where it's supposed to be right. this kind yeah. of like ray of hope where everything else around is like depressing. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you pretty much interpreted it in the way that he explained it. So that's cool. He calls it the eye of the duck scene. That's like mm-hmm. his phrase for it. And the eye of the duck scene is basically, he says it's the jewel of the film where it's plot wise, it serves no function at all. Like the lady in the radiator doesn't meet any other characters. She has no influence in the actual, like mm. what happens, but it's an important moment emotionally for Henry. Cause we kind of see what he wants, you know, and he, he has that in all of his films. He compares it to like when a, a like a duck eye, like if you took the eye off a duck it wouldn't make sense and it wouldn't look right but the way that the curve of the the duck's beak and the neck just kind of guides your eye to the eye it's it's perfect and that's kind of how he compares it right so (laughs) he's a fucking loon (laughs) but he is i think all that is pretty interesting i I do think all that is sincerely very interesting Mm -hmm. how he and he he thinks every film should or has that scene in it where it emotionally uh, it makes sense but yeah. plot wise it doesn't mm-hmm. so did you know that he dissected a dead cat for no reason to make this movie not for no reason he did it for research <laughs> get the text yeah he's like i, I want to know what its insides look like <laughs> yeah it's like i wonder how much that actually influenced it though because like it was like his hobby oh yeah he would, it's like, so have weird all kinds of weird dead animals and taxidermy yeah. and like fungus <laughs> like all this weird shit watch, in his basement watching that interview with him where he talks about it is so <laughs> fucking funny it's so yeah. funny where he's he's like yeah i convinced this veter- veterinarian to give me a dead cat so i could, could open it up <laughs> and i opened it up in the colors they were they were unreal, and you just see yeah. the colors start to fade away, like the the these <laughs> ma- magnificent things in the, the city and the things. Then he just like doesn't elaborate on it, and then forty minutes later into the interview, after he's gone on some completely uh, uh, other topic of conversation, just like oh, forget about that. Forty minutes later, he's like talking about the dead cat again. He's like, yeah, there was a, there was all this tar <laughs> near the building, and so I put the I put the dead cat in the tar, and I left it there for a year, and it was connected to this wire, and I pulled the wire a year later, and then it was like impregnated with the tar. And it was just, it was fascinating. And then I left it on the sidewalk for another year. And then when I came back, the dead cat was still preserved. And it didn't look like a cat anymore. And then we filmed the scene where the main actor walks past the cat, dead cat. And he just kind of looks at it. But that didn't make it into the movie. It was really funny. You should see the quinoa video person. with him. He's hysterical, though. He has such a great personality. And all that research paid off with the cat because you could tell that informed the, the look of the the child in the film, when he, like, which looks fucking the disgusting. Child, yeah, right? or even like cuts it open and it's like bleeding and mm-hmm. <laughs> like blood is shooting out of the mouth. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. Weird. It's so fucking disgusting. It's yeah. apparently I don't know if it's literally a sheep's fetus. It probably isn't, but it looks like a a, a sheep's fetus. That's like what they modeled it after, but it looks so gross. And the movement they got out of it. You can just buy dead animal parts. You know, you you can just you can just buy yeah. meat 
or whatever yeah. <laughs> that, you, that, that you can use to put in your movie. I don't understand why you had to dissect a dead cat. Why cat? You could you could research. you can literally just buy like <laughs> dead goats or lambs or whatever and just use their real organs for your props or whatever. I don't understand if why you needed to dissect the dead cat. I don't know why you put it in tar for a year. <laughs> like it, uh, reasons? Yeah. It's there's so also bizarre. like other versions of the of that puppet. There's there's like the regular baby puppet, and then there's the big head. And then there's also like some yeah. stop motion with the baby, I believe, which oh, is really? a throwback to like. Um... So before this, David Lynch mainly did stop motion, and he was also a painter. So he would like do these little animations with stop motion in his old student films and short films, sense. and he kind of incorporated that into this too, which I thought was yeah. cool. It does come across as a like a painter's eye, with the way just the film expresses itself. It is quite abstract. It is like a canvas, and you're watching. Just this, <laughs> this crazy yeah. interpretation of of whatever he's trying to say, just unfold before you. What about um the scene when Henry goes in the radiator and sees the girl, and then I think he touches her, and then the movie really goes off the rails because mm -hmm. his head comes off in a courtroom, and like the his baby's head comes out, and then there's a boy who picks up his head and turns it into erasers. How do we take that? Oh. <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> well, even that that's, that's like that's the title of the what film is Eraserhead. No, I'm telling you, it's not. I'm you telling you, it's it not. like the dismantling of the character. Like you just lost it at that moment, or yeah. can deal with the pressures of what was you know about to happen in his life. Or is it? It's kind of implied. Well, not implied, but like there's that woman, his neighbor, whatever. He wants to get with. It could be some yeah. like, adultery thing going on. I don't know because I I really trying not to like shit on him too hard, but I feel like no. a lot <laughs> of what I get out of the movie interpretation wise is basically just describing what's happening even without interpretation. Like we talk about, yeah, this is an analogy for the pressures of fatherhood, but th that's literally also what's happening. Like that's literally his baby, and he's stressed out about it, and it's getting sick. Like. That's also that it, the 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 description of yeah, what's happening what's beyond the, the surface is also the description of what's happening surface level. So when you say something at the end like, "Oh yeah, he's becoming unraveled as a character and everything's going crazy," that's also what's happening on the surface level. And that's why I'm a little frustrated when it comes to his films. I guess <laughs> you know, like it, it's it it feels like as justified interpretation wise uh, as something like Only God Forgives to me personally. Another film where, sure, there could have been, uh, there are aspects that I appreciate, but at the end of the day, you know, there there would have to be a lot of changes to to make it something where I truly feel as though its presentation is justified, especially with the interpretations. I think there's a lot of interpretation, like, well, even the whole atomic bomb Japan allegory thing mm -hmm. that I was talking about a little while ago. That's yeah. not a part of the film at yeah. all. That's not like a. That's not part of the plot. Yeah, I'm not saying everything um, is like that, but it's it's yeah, I so know. much I of know. it. This you know? is the thing, though, about <laughs> abstract art. Like, I was in the Tate Modern in London recently, which has a lot of modern art, and a lot of it was just like, this is stupid to me. This is this is not saying anything to yeah. me. Uh -huh. But then at the same time, I'm sure there are plenty of people that have the opposite reaction, because there were mm -hmm. other like paintings that were like, that's really profound to me, what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's, it's like that in cinematic form. Like it, yeah, it's That's why it connects to. with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also part of interpretation too is like you you discuss it 
with other people and you kind of fill mm-hmm. in each other's theories and make like this whole new thing and interpret these films in whole new ways. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that there's there's specific things that could have been done to this movie that would have made me enjoy it a lot more from like a personal perspective. Obviously, I'm not saying this is how the movie should be because I'm just an individual, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have a lot more like it's it's a great first film for sure. It's a great first feature. I feel like I yeah. would be mm-hmm. more impressed by the tone and the originality and its overall impact if this were made like 10 years before cuz I guess like in the context of 1977 like there's so many other great movies that were abstract like Hodorowski's not like this in a, yeah it's it's going for a very different tone for sure than the other yeah. ones that I've seen but like Hodorowski had made like three films before that point I also feel like something that would have improved it a lot for me personally again is if it were it seemed like a concept that I would have loved as a short film it se- it seems like really? something that didn't really need to be a feature like a hour and a half long film and I guess he wouldn't have exploded onto the scene and made this impact if it was a short film but it's just it I I it feels like I could have gotten the identical experience out of it from something that was like 20 minutes long a lot of it just felt very repetitive to me really yeah mm. so you saying about it coming out in the 70s and it you wishing it was coming out earlier um yeah to me part of the reason it was was so impressive is that it it came across to me like it was timeless so like there wasn't really anything that was aging it for me like some of the other older movies we've talked about before mm-hmm. i thought it mm-hmm. production wise and just uh, everything that came together with the movie there was nothing holding holding me back from like connecting with it. Because mm-hmm. of Even for the time, like it was a groundbreaking film, and, it, well, and especially it, it considering had a, like how cheap on. the movie yeah, was. Yeah, that was the thing too. How much he had to, you know, take up <laughs> responsibility for mm-hmm. as like the director and the writer, and I think he did like the special effects and a bunch of. Mm-hmm. He just had his hands in everything, Sound. which is even more impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he worked five years on this movie, and then it gets picked up and gets shown in like small cities as like a like a midnight movie, mm. and it gets hugely popular because this guy I forgot his name at this moment again. I wrote like a whole paper on Eraserhead. I'm trying to pull it up, but I can't. No. <laughs> but like there's, there's this guy, some Bob something, who believed in Eraserhead's vision and like fucking put it out there, and it made it a huge success, and that was unheard of at the time too. These little, uh, mm. like, f- little films getting such huge publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Waters and um, David Lynch were kind of buddies because they kind of came from that same yeah. time, that same movement of like really low budget stuff mm-hmm. getting attention, huge crowds because of like ex- the exploitation nature of it almost. Like you're gonna get an experience mm. here that you're not gonna get anywhere else. People like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, say I that I was racer head for that. I'm not going to say that I wasn't like impressed in any, any way by it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a lot to appreciate. I'm probably going to get a decent amount of hate <laughs> for this one because people put David <laughs> Lynch, yeah, sure. people put David Lynch yeah. and this film on like a, an impossible pedestal where yeah. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. might not <laughs> enjoy that I, I didn't enjoy it as much as they did. But mm. yeah, don't regret watching it. That's for sure. No, definitely not. How would you feel about the the scene selection thing? 
Oh yeah, he, there were no chapter selections on the Criterion Blu-ray either, which is hilarious. Yeah. Because obviously the movie he, just starts on yours. Those right? are those that, are that's like how mine worked. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are those are just uh, like Criterion's are mostly like director approved. So obviously mm-hmm. that was his decision. Right. What was really funny was like even the supplements, the supplementary material, they weren't like titled. They were just like a year. Whereas like every other Criterion Blu-ray mm-hmm. I've ever had had some sort of like description saying like, oh, this yeah. is what this feature mm-hmm. is. But they were all just kind of like thrown in there in <laughs> chronological order. I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, that's David Lynch. He wanted that's that David for Lynch. some reason. That's and I, I don't understand why. But because he's a weirdo. You know what? I watched the movie. I didn't pause it. <laughs> I didn't restart it. I didn't skip the chapter selection. I didn't watch it on my fucking phone. So mm-hmm. I got the experience that I think he wanted me to to have in terms of how I viewed it. It was a good projector setup, good sound, but still, it's just if something doesn't connect with you on a personal level and just immediately grab you, it's uh, there's not mm-hmm. much you can do, unfortunately. No, yeah. I can't picture watching this movie on a phone. I seriously can't. So Get real. I am getting real. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with David Lynch (laughs) with his films, at least least this one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like his attitude (laughs) is a little annoying. (laughs) He's saying you can't appreciate the film on the same level if you're not watching it, even in a theater, like anything less than a theater, basically. I don't know. You sell your movies Especially on VHS. Especially so visceral. You sell your movies on, on VHS. There's worse setups you could have with a, a VHS or even yeah. a DVD player. There's people I know that, that use their TV speakers, like shitty TV speakers. They're never going to get mm-hmm. like good sound from that. Whereas if someone was watching it mm. on a good, decent-sized phone, like a, you know, a good screen and had headphones in, that's probably a better experience than many people that are watching it on VHS or DVD with shitty tv speakers and maybe even a, a a television that's not like calibrated correctly for color and lighting and all that so mm-hmm. i don't i don't think I that this is phone the screen is would be bigger maybe yeah it depends how close bigger. to your face it is there's, there's more of a an audience participation kind of experience when you're watching it in a theater or like on a couch with friends mm-hmm. yeah you know there's an element of that yeah. like a social shared experience it's like i don't know i just feel i feel like if you're if you're gonna be that like elitist about it you might as well just not sell them on home video at all <laughs> but you can't control yeah. how people watch it david you can't do that mm-hmm. just let he's, people he's watch it however they want <laughs> he sees it as an experience you have to experience it a certain way i understand it i feel like if anybody else acted the way that he did people would find it insufferable but people find it charming <laughs> in david lynch you know if, yeah. U- if uva well, ball was kind of saying that <laughs> Yeah, Uwe Boll makes shitty movies. Like, I don't think David Lynch was talking nutball like this back then. Mm. He was probably, oh, this is probably a more recent thing. And he's kind of, he's got that reputation now. He's like, oh, he's David Lynch. He's a great director. He can say Mm -hmm. whatever he wants. He was just talking about dead cats earlier, so. Yeah, dead cats. But yeah, actors love him. Laura Dern is like in every movie he makes. People love working with him. He's a funny, he's probably a nice guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He does transcendental meditation. His movies are meditative. He's just interesting. Mm-hmm. You just want yeah. to watch what what he's up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to Blue Velvet and Lost Highway for sure. And maybe I'll finish Twin Peaks someday. Yeah, Twin Peaks is something. Yeah. Yeah. Is I've that only worth seen... like dipping your toe in because like, yeah, I for don't sure. even know to begin with that whole. Yeah. So it's what a t- is it a movie first, then a TV show? No, the then... TV show came first, I think. 
it's it's two seasons of television then a movie and then the third season which is completely unlike the rest of it (laughs) it's when peaks three is like a really out there avant-garde thing yeah, I, I, I mean, love it. it. Cool. I, I think so like Twin Peaks fans love it. It's got a great it's, score. I think that's my favorite weird. part about it. I love yeah. it. I love that song. That's the thing about the tone all of that those song movies too. too. What's the name of his composer? A- Angelo. Oh. Band. Band of <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> is it just as out there? Twin Peaks is pretty out there. Yeah, yeah, some weird I just happened to see there was like another writer on the TV show or something, so I thought maybe it would reel him back a bit, but I guess not. Yeah, he does reel him back a bit. Mark Frost? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Mark Frost was involved with the new one. Mm -hmm. He might have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. As someone who claims to be the David Lynch expert, I don't know a lot. (laughs) But all right. Yeah. What'd you guys guys rate it? Alex. I'll go first then. Um, Yeah. No, I I really connected with the movie. I rated it uh, five stars. Yeah. I really liked it. I haven't felt this way about a movie probably since Under the Skin, like like on this level anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good comparison. I love Under the Skin too, and I get very similar um, feelings yeah. from both. This the anxiety, the music of Under the Skin kind of matches the ambient sounds exactly, of yeah. of this. Uh, I love all of that. I love the performances. I love the look of it. Five out of five, for me. Hmm. And the the composer's name is Angelo Badalamenti. Boom. Okay. Boom. I don't know what Adam gave me. I uh, I didn't want to rate it before talking to you guys about it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I th- y- you know like I I know that it didn't connect with me like on a personal level, but I try to you know obviously there's things that I did enjoy about it. There's things that I appreciate about it. You know, not just like culturally impactful, um, but hmm. you know the the technicality. I loved a lot of like like the models and miniatures and like the puppets and there's a lot to like about it even though my experience watching it was kind of meh so i'm giving mm-hmm. it kind of a, uh, a little reluctant seven out of ten i guess <laughs> i think i okay. think that's where I, I think that's where i'm Closer going to a six than an eight then what <laughs> it's fine that's <laughs> a good you? score you thought this was a good movie people are gonna be fucking <laughs> annoying i'm gonna get hate for this no matter <laughs> what there's yeah. there's a lot of diehard Lynch fans that are gonna take a lot of issue with, like, with me criticizing him. So. It's like you don't like my opinions, just fuck off. That's yeah. it. Don't wow. worry about it. And that guy, by the way, is Ben Barenholtz. So that's the guy who like is the basically the creator of the Midnight movie, the oh. pioneer of that whole thing. And oh, he nice. gave David Lynch a chance along with John Waters and all that. Nice. Just wanted to get the name out there, mm-hmm. so I don't have to hear it on the Reddit. About how yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> from our annoying fans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's do a few questions. Yeah. Let's probably do probably not too Ooh. many. Maybe three. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just do a couple yeah. to wrap this up. So if you want to leave your own questions, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, where Ralph will stick your page or a post or whatever you call it on Reddit at the top, where you can leave any question you like. Let's start off with this one that I really liked, actually. From Cotton Eye Joe seventy nine, who asks, "Film is practically the only art medium where the entire product is consumed in one sitting. Books are separated into chapters, albums are separated into songs, and live theatre is usually split into two acts. Do you think film suffers from this attribute? Would certain slower films improve in terms of their pacing if you paused and took a break?" 
I think that's what makes films unique is that because mm. there aren't a, there aren't a lot of other art forms that have to worry about pacing in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, where you have to digest an entire story in just one sitting. A book, you don't have to worry about that. There's still pacing in a book. But, but what about you know, films that like are close to four hours long? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are separated That's into chapters. Because, like, well, they, they kind of did Barry that Linden, with Hateful right? Eight. Yeah. And yeah. Hateful Barry Lyndon yeah. is two. Barry Lyndon is divided into halves. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the Hateful Eight, they recently extended Hateful Eight and then made it four episodes on Netflix, which I mm. actually liked. I liked it better than oh, really? the other one because it fleshed that. out those characters more. Yeah, you should totally watch it. It's on the US Netflix. You can't watch it, Alex. Ah, uh, brutal. <laughs> we'll get a VPN. Can I buy it or something? <laughs> I know. You might You might have to download it illegally. Are you serious? I think yeah. it's a US what's, Netflix what's deal, exclusive. Man? What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't have it here. Whatever. So. Uh, whatever. I would you, like a Blu-ray version somewhere. of that or something. Like maybe a Fuck special yeah. edition. Come on. Just, I, yeah. I, I want to throw money at these products, and I yeah. want, <laughs> I want to engage, but I have no way of doing it. What's funny is you're already throwing money oh, at whatever. Netflix. They're just not giving you as much as the U.S. customers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it really depends on uh, on the movie. There's certainly films that I've seen where I've thought this would be better as a miniseries. There's miniseries I've seen mm. that I thought would have been better as a film, like trimmed down even. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes to like the format of movies, like you could argue that each scene or each act is its own kind of break without necessarily taking a break from it really depends. Like as long as there's some sort of like slow down moment, I think that depending on who you are and depending on how you view film, I guess like it's perfectly acceptable to hit pause and go to the bathroom or, you know, take a short break, make a sandwich, whatever you want to do. As long as it's not like at a high point in the film. If it's like a transitionary period yeah. between scenes, things have slowed down a little bit, you're getting a new setting, it's like, okay, well, this is basically, it might as well be a new episode to a television show or something. So, right, really depends on the movie. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Not opposed to that. David Lynch is. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Well, it depends. <laughs> Again, it depends on the movie. Yeah, well, he, does, he doesn't believe that. <laughs> you can sit through all of Eraserhead in one sitting. Get real. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> He's such a meme Can't machine. Your fucking phone. Yeah, I was <laughs> memeing that so long ago. I'm glad everybody else is now too. Yeah, <laughs> that phone clip is so funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, depends on the movie. Mm-hmm. Do Chilado has one for us. How often do you go in blind for the stuff you watch? No trailers, no synopsis. Just I heard I should watch this, so I will. Or maybe just that level of trust in a director. Depends on the movie. Almost all the time. Yeah, it's it's my preferred way of engaging yeah. in in film now. Like, Me too, Alex. Tra- trailers like people complain about it ruining story beats, but for me, it ruins like some of the best shots in the movie a lot of the time. Um, this, like the surprising stuff, I want to be surprised. Like too many trailers ruin crucial aspects or experiences, and you're just you're sat there waiting in the movie for these like scenes from the trailer to happen you know like oh the movie might not be over yet because we got we still got that thing from the trailer to happen i don't want to be thinking about that i just want to focus on the story it's part of why i got i enjoyed midsummer so much like i knew nothing about it nothing at all i was just like i'm just going to trust this and i i I think it added to the experience for me i'd really recommend doing it Mm -hmm. it depends on the movie unfortunately it's a little difficult to avoid some trailers if they have a huge ad campaign because if you're seeing other movies here in the theater and then the trailer starts playing 
I remember. I'm trying to remember the exact movie that it was. I think it was for Arrival, maybe. Uh, it might have been a Villeneuve movie, but mm. there was a trailer. No, I think it was The Revenant. Yeah, it was The Revenant for sure. I remember back in 2014 or 15 when the trailers started playing for that. As soon as I knew what it was, I'd plug my ears and close my eyes and start like humming. Yeah. And my friends around me would be like, what are you <laughs> really? doing? I'm like, I don't want to wow. see the trailer for The Revenant. I'm going to see it anyway because <laughs> I was excited uh-huh. for it. So it depends on the movie. There's... Um, any Michelle Hanukkah film, um, I'm comfortable enough watching the trailer because apparently there's some sort of um, organization in Austria that allows him to have creative control over his trailers. Like, I'll know that that's a trailer that came huh. from him and that it's not going to spoil the film in any way. If anything, it's just going to provide the tone that it's going for. And show right. some of the yeah. actors and the I setting, see, yeah. and that you know gets me hyped up for it even more. Like I'm going to see it anyway. Mm. But unfortunately, with a, most movies, the vast majority of them, the directors do not have much control over what happens in the trailer at all. Yeah. We saw it with yeah, Sony and uh, Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049, their entire marketing campaign promoting Harrison Ford being in the film when he clearly mm-hmm. did, wanted that to be revealed in the movie, but Sony was just like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. this will get more people to see it." Uh, so that was really annoying. Poster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, could, you couldn't avoid that, that. Unfortunately, Terminator Genesis spoiled that uh, John Connor was a robot. Or yeah, Terminator. Yeah, it's really they unfortunate. Do that shit all the time. Like, I think yeah, that the director should have ultimate control on over how they want to market their film. Like in terms of yeah. what information I think is they revealed. should at least approve the trailer. Well, that's they a part of the show movie, the trailer right? to them. Like and, the, that's a yeah. part of the movie experience. Is the it's director the first has image decided. That's getting out there. Like, it, it, yeah. let's pretend that the trailers didn't exist. Like, the the film is created in a way where the information is revealed in a specific order. Like, that's the entire point of mm-hmm. writing a script is deciding how yeah. to reveal information and when to reveal it for the ultimate dramatic effect of whatever you're trying to achieve in your film. And oftentimes, trailers ruin that because they reveal information exactly. in an order that you you're not supposed to get it. So there, I I believe yeah. that directors should be able to have ultimate authority on on their trailers and how they get marketed but unfortunately that's just not the case comedic beats really just are ruined in trailers yeah 100 anything funny in a movie is like usually just cut down and made like a three second thing in a trailer and it sucks yeah (laughs) totally doesn't capture what makes that scene funny and when a movie is so heavily marketed where you've seen the trailer multiple times and then the joke happens in the movie like yeah. Like, oh, we're using our superhero names. I'm, I guess I'm Spider Man. <laughs> like, whatever that line was. I think it was Infinity War or something. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 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 And then it's it happens like in the movie. You laugh at that. And then it's like, I don't find it funny. And then all these, all these fanboys are in the movie and they're laughing hysterically. I'm like, you definitely watched the trailer. Come on. But even so, like, if you've seen this trailer more than twice, you're not going to laugh at the jokes as much anymore. It takes the punch away so, for sure. It, yeah. it does. It, marketing a comedy through a trailer is kind of a difficult thing to do. Maybe that's really why they don't cool. do well. And horror movies as well. Like A24 yeah. with like, what was it, It Comes at Night? That, that was a, <laughs> yeah. a, a cluster. I thought the uh, It teaser was a really well done horror trailer. Because it's like you were the kind of watching one? a scene the... from it. The teaser with the part old one. lady? Part two. Oh, that, oh, the, this oh, is part oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 was, it was like, it wasn't like a... 
it, it wasn't like a mashup of different scenes. Like you got to basically experience yeah. the tone yeah. of a scene, which I thought was cool. exactly like yeah. I've always it was thought... cut down a bit, but they captured that scene. I like trailers that do that. Yeah, like I like Gravity's trailer because it's just a scene yeah. from the movie. I've always thought that that would be a good way to market a movie is just show a scene, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's not a bad that idea. Can summarize on the what the film's about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The tone that it's going for, you know, actually mm-hmm. experiencing it, yeah. but. Trailers are edited in such a manipulative and dishonest way at this point. You know, like the mm-hmm. Evil Dead remake trailer, the Crawl trailer. Like, Sam Raimi's got somebody who does a really great job mm-hmm. editing trailers. He, he knows the right guy for sure, but, uh, yeah. or girl. And, uh, it it just winds up being manipulative and dishonest by the end of it. It's like the tone that you've communicated in I wouldn't say those trailers here, are dishonest. Yeah, it wasn't. You're never going to get the tone in the actual film, unfortunately, is my issue. Well, like the Evil Dead remake? I don't think that trailer was like It was deceptive. very well edited. Yeah, it was. I thought it was, it was just like a good trailer. horror yeah. trailer. Yeah, but you never like get that, that tone like in the, the film. It's, it's providing <laughs> well, a different... because the movie's boring? Okay, no, but the movie's that... trying to get that tone. Mm, <laughs> I didn't... I I would have to disagree with you. I think it was. So you watched the new um, Godzilla, did you? The new Godzilla? Yeah, Uh, King of Monsters or something? King of Monsters? No, I didn't. Did anybody? No, I haven't seen it. No, okay. did you? Last one gonna, I saw was Shin Godzilla. I was, I was, I was wondering because I was gonna ask if the tone of uh, Claire de Lune by Debussy was ever in the movie because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't fucking think it would oh, be. Right. That's that trailer. My God. When I do see it one day, I'll let you know. Okay, <laughs> I might see it. I don't but know. it probably isn't. I'm yeah, I doubt it. it I'm willing to bet is it is yeah. not. It seems like one of those stock music things, like a cover of Claire Debussy or whatever. Yeah, just <laughs> throw it in. There's definitely a science to marketing, and there are some people that are very, oh, very definitely. talented at it. There are some marketing companies that will like track the eye of the fucking person watching the ad mm, and just yeah. like take the data and remake the ad, you know, <laughs> to make it so it's more appealing to the eye. Yeah, they that's what they do now. They measure the attention span and your brain and how your brain reacts to certain images. These yeah. things are focus tested to fuck, to do well. Unless mm. it's the new Cats trailer or Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did you that tell happen? They didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. They kind of ran out of money in that department. <laughs> Gangster's <laughs> Paradise. Yeah. They screened it for blind people. And deaf people. And deaf people. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this looks great. What? Yeah, I guess to answer the question, <laughs> how often do I do that? I don't know. Because there's some movies that um, yeah. I wouldn't go see in the first place if I hadn't seen a trailer. There's somewhere mm. I'm unsure about it, and I use the trailer as kind of like a, yeah, I'm probably, you know, I wouldn't see it, but if this trailer shows yeah. something that I might like in it, then maybe I'll see it. So it depends exactly. on the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree. It depends on, like, the filmmaker. Like, if it's a director I trust, or a writer mm-hmm. I trust or something, I'm more willing. But if it's just, like, stupid blockbusters, I don't care. I'll watch yeah. Move a ball. Film. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I got reservations to his restaurant this week. I hope he's there. Really? Oh, you did? Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm finally going. <laughs> a fight with him. I'm finally yeah. going. <laughs> to a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he get his letterbox deleted? Yeah, yeah and his did. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, a guy. It's probably because he was saying a bunch of rude shit to people. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, his letterbox funny. is a little... Uh, <laughs> uh, a little controversial. <laughs> a little controversial, yeah. A little risque. <laughs> oh, All right, uh, last question. <laughs> One more. From Hikran Akdeniz. I hope I got that right. 
What is the worst part of having a huge audience? Did you ever have some serious trouble with fans? How do you cope with people who aren't giving any constructive criticism and are just there to insult you? <laughs> it's something everyone has to get over mm -hmm. yeah. like, in this game. One but, solution's I mean, to not read it, but I don't yeah. like that. Because I, I like mm. reading the good stuff, but at See, the that's same why time... I like, that's why yeah. I like Reddit, having a subreddit where it kind of filters and acts as a filter so I can see the people who really want to Curated. actually interact mm -hmm. with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it cuts out a lot of the shite. Right. Because it gets to a point where it's just, it's a sea of just people screaming over each other. And especially if you, you're talking about something that controversial or, you know, that, that's part of a greater discussion, like it can just go nuts sometimes. And like, mm -hmm. It says in the question, have you ever had some serious trouble with your fans? I have had fans go too far before. Yeah, like, I think I heard. Trying to find out information about me and stuff like that. It's one of the harder things to kind of get used to. Mm -hmm. also, yeah, I've like, had that too. Yeah. and you, But after a while, you, your skin does just get thick when you're just like, you've seen the thousandth comment of someone saying how much they can't stand you and how, you know, they hate yeah. everything about you. And it's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Get used to it. The worst aspect about it to me is the dehumanizing factor. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm I'm a person where pretty much everything that I put out on the internet, like I try to have as hard as I can an element in there to reinforce the idea that I'm still a human being. <laughs> like I'm trying to be real, right, candid. You yeah. know, like I don't want to I don't want to be a fake person. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. like no matter what you do. There's always, especially if you have a large audience, like people put creators or celebrities or influencers or whatever, they put them on this pedestal where it's less about understanding that they're a real person and all of a sudden they become more like a concept for an idea or like a representation for something that they like or don't like. And yeah. so it's yeah. it works in both ways where like some people idolize to this this ridiculous degree and other people just hate to this ridiculous degree mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and neither is really healthy yeah and it, it's like i'm sure you, i'm sure we appreciate the support oh of but course it like be too over the top yeah it's just so concerning when there are people that are literally invested <laughs> in in like trying to make yeah. someone's life harder like that's what you're doing that's that's messed mm -hmm. up to me but you gotta Got to just get used to it and understand that that's the internet. And the internet has a lot of crazies on it. The internet has a lot of children on it. Well, yeah, a lot of people are going through some shit as well. And exactly. And they just use the internet as a platform to just express that frustration they have with their lives. Yeah, so. take that out. Yeah. Oh my God, you go on 4chan? Forget about it. It's just <laughs> the whole thing. It's just venting frustration. I don't think I've yeah. read, a, read a single positive word about me on 4chan. <laughs> yeah, they hate everybody. That's <laughs> why it exists. <laughs> It's hilarious, but you just ignore it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Just ignore yeah. it and shrug it off. Yeah. Try to be a decent human being and yeah, just other people uh, will never see that. There's nothing you can do about it. Can't please everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Try to be honest. Some people are going to use that against you. Yeah. But it's whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You have yeah, to get 100%. used to people just saying that you've said things that you haven't said. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like, spreading just bullshit about you that you've never said, or yeah. even things that you've said that people choose to interpret in the most 
in the worst way they possibly can. Right. Because yeah. they see it as ammo mm-hmm. and it's not about the discussion. You know, it's not about trying to understand someone else. It's about like, ooh, I can use this. It's like, well, it's okay. about how it's like the lens you see things in, too. And mm-hmm. when you're on Twitter or YouTube, a lot of these people can get like or they're in a, like a frustrated mood or an anxious mood because they're seeing just a feed of a bunch of negative shit oh yeah twitter's like, yeah. awful you know, to trump this and oh, fucking so i hate this and fuck you and i guess having just being in that mindset every time you read something even if it's one of our tweets that's something positive you're just mm-hmm. like in that zone so you're just in the worst kind of state of mind and you just write some something the fucking internet angry loves uh, fucking, the, that sucks i hate that yeah fuck you <laughs> whatever everyone just loves taking people down yeah. yeah, especially in the YouTube it's scene. virtuous. Like, exactly, yeah. And everyone acts like <laughs> a they war. never made mistakes and yeah. they've got like nothing to hide. Yeah. Until yeah. the camera, until the lens comes back on them when they get popular because yeah. they the time make loads of hate videos and then. <laughs> oh yeah, it that's always on them. It's always funny when it's like the 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 exact type of thing that someone has has like promoted kind of yeah. like comes back to exactly, bite them yeah. in a little. Like I fully expect, like, uh, I fully expect here? people to be exactly. like ripping apart the mm-hmm. art that I create, my album and shit. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally deserved, but I find that funny. Oh, yeah, but it's so what? It's like you got to make the art, and tons of people are gonna love it. So who gives a fuck? It's a few mm-hmm. people, whoever who don't like it. That's basically all it comes down to. <laughs> no matter how much they yeah, yell and scream, the at the end of the day, it's like okay, they just didn't like it, and I move on. It's yeah. all so exaggerated, man. Like at the end of the day, we're talking about like entertainment. Like movies, for fuck's sake! Like you don't have to get so yeah. pissed about it. Like, Jesus right. Christ! Mm-hmm. Calm down a little bit. Remember what, like, the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, be mm-hmm. passionate about the art. Don't film. take that as an excuse to like be vitriolic against someone else who's sharing yeah. their opinion about art. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a genuinely like mean way, in a funny oh, yeah. way, I think it's fine. Well, oh, that, that's, that's the yeah, goal. That's, for... that's the goal for a lot of people yeah. is because they want to feel as though they have some sort of power and influence over the world that they're in. You know, mm-hmm. they want to know that they can get at someone. So that's that's their goal. Yeah. Right. And yeah. unfortunately, Twitter is like the entire platform is essentially just this this virtue signaling competition. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like it's everybody pretends to be in some holy, holy uh, crusade against something. And you got to prove to everybody else how part of this crusade you are. You know, it's su- it's yeah. such a bizarre it's all about environment. sides. The algorithm does nothing side, but encourage yeah. it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've never taken it that seriously. So it's crazy when people have these crusades. I, I know, like, yeah. I, I, I got no agenda. I just <laughs> I just tweet whatever I feel. Yeah, it's always just been a bit of fun for me. <laughs> yeah. This, this is funny, isn't but it? But people this take it goofy. so seriously that it's like yeah. not as fun anymore. Mm-hmm. You're afraid to tweet something because you're like, shit, if I fucking tweet this, this is... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sign with group. them, and which means... Is there going to be some group them. that comes after me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you have an audience, you always have to like try and be careful about how you phrase things and clarify. And there's been tons of things I've said where I can look back on it and say, yeah, I shouldn't have worded it in that way. And the way that I did makes it incredibly easy for people to misinterpret what I've said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, as long as you're making that effort to make that clarification and be like, okay, well, here's how you've misinterpreted me there's going to be people that it doesn't matter and they'll ignore your clarification they'll ignore Mm -hmm. everything that you've said to (laughs) explain to explain what they're mad about because they want to continue being upset with you and they want ammo and they want to be able to have something that they can 
use against you and try to persuade other people not to like you. And it's a very, um, mm-hmm. it's 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 very fascinating to me from like a character study perspective, just how invested some of these people are. Like this is this is their yeah. this is they their life goal. <laughs> this is this is their yeah. crusade. Like a, this is the battle you've they chosen. They see like a hierarchy. They want to tear you from your pedestal and like yeah. throw you in the muck almost. <laughs> come down to our level. It'll but come back yeah, around just block eventually. Them. Yeah, you never know. Oh, whatever. It might not ever. It's fun. It's the internet. Yep. You don't take it seriously. You just go, ah, whatever. Yeah, just yeah. chill out. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. yeah. It's not you real You gotta life. be prepared for it. Your, well, you hope they don't come to your house. It's a part of it. I had a guy, like, find me in the street one day and give me a movie. Like, he gave me a Neil Breen movie. Nice. I gave it back to him. <laughs> but, like, that, like even... Sure, that's a nice thing to do, but, like, how the fuck did this guy find me? How, like, why does he have this movie on him that he's gonna give me? Yeah. It's weird. I yeah. got an email like, hey, Ralph, I know where you live. Just FYI, like, be sure to, uh, uh, <laughs> be sure to, like, hide where you live in the future so other people don't oh, find yeah, out Jesus. where you live because <laughs> I'm not going to do anything with this information. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck it's, is this? It's a, it's a real issue with some YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's so dumb. Like, it's at their so home, dumb. You know? I mean, it didn't matter. I was in college, so what the fuck were they going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of unsettling though it's, it's like what? So, why did you even yeah. commit to trying to find that in the first place yeah is it just like a challenge for you it is a but challenge they found it a landmark a and then traced it Ugh, whatever it's like the shia labeouf thing when he had the flag out in the in the desert oh yeah <laughs> that was yeah. funny though. <laughs> yeah that was hilarious it's it's funny when it's not you yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah at the end of the day uh, whatever you know being uh having this platform having this audience is a conscious choice i could stop anytime i wanted to but i'm continuing it so no matter yeah. no matter what all of all of these little annoyances and frustrations that we have to deal with exclusively that people who don't have this platform and audience don't really have to deal with regardless it's still worth it yeah oh, for sure yeah so those people are minor far or few between mm-hmm. i love my annoying fans yeah i got a good <laughs> fan base i, I like my fan base yeah, a lot. we all do. I like my community. I'm so proud of this mm-hmm. community. And now they're crossbreeding. Yeah. They're having babies. Yeah, sorry, guys, for some of mine. They're having little <laughs> Yoshi babies. Little IHE YMS babies. <laughs> <laughs> Just Uh-oh. fucking memes. You've inspired a fan fiction. <laughs> Someone's going to shit that. <laughs> all right. Someone's got to recommend a movie, right? Yeah, I think it's Alex. It's me, is it? All right. Yeah. So... Uh, this is one that I think has been a long time coming. Everyone on the Reddit's been asking us to do it for a long Ooh, time. I think I know. We got to do Death Proof. Yes. Ooh. Thank we you for taking the bullet. Because yeah, because I know I rewatched it. I don't know a few months ago. Perfect. So it's still pretty clean in my head, but I know we all feel somewhat differently about it. Yes. So yeah. I think it'll be a good discussion. We should... And it's been a long time since I've seen it, so maybe I'll feel differently. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. We need to clarify how we're watching it right because there's the original grindhouse where it's a part of the larger feature with the fake trailers and then there's the the individual extended edition so the extended edition is i think i don't know 10 20 minutes longer but it's an entirely different context of what the film is Mm. if it's its own solo uh individual product rather than being a part of the grindhouse film so i'll watch with whichever one i'll probably watch both because i'm doing my 2007 list right now anyway and it's 2007. Okay, that's so. convenient. I yeah. mean, you're the biggest fan. Which which would you recommend? Well, like, which, the one which I watched ones recently, have you I seen? Think, is the standalone. What have you seen? Um, I saw the Grindhouse I've, I've one. I've seen both. I have seen okay. both. Okay. Hmm. I just saw the Grindhouse one. 
I haven't seen the Grindhouse one for a long time, though. Okay. The differences in the extended version, as long as we've seen both, I don't think it really mm. matters which one we rewatch. Whichever one you think you're going to, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, if you want to enjoy it. Whichever, if you think the movie's too long, maybe watch the Grindhouse version and skip the whole first, I don't know, first movie or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'll try watching both, but I'll, I'll watch the extended one because I haven't seen that. Okay. okay. Yeah, whichever one you haven't seen, I guess. But yeah, I've seen Grindhouse before with the trailers and all that. I suppose yeah. that can I, be I part of experience. our discussion as well. It's like the differences yeah. between the two. And yeah, like I'm mm-hmm. pretty familiar with both versions. Yeah, you seem to know every movie we about, talk so. about's got like multiple cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting and... about that whenever yeah. I recommend anything. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what was nice like about Eraserhead. Great. It was just yeah, like, just one cut. One <laughs> the movie chapter. was made right the first time. Yeah, just one chapter, one cut. It's done. It's a movie that's done. Finito. I do respect that, I guess, about him. He's not a complete George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't go <laughs> when back. When he releases something, it's done. Actually, though, I did mm-hmm. find out that the original release was like 20 minutes longer. Yeah. I was um, watching the I interviews. Think in a, no, an they, earlier they cut. Short, shorten it down. An earlier oh, cut. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And the test screening people didn't like it, yeah. so he trimmed so 20 he did minutes. Change it, and yeah. then, Never yeah, mind did. David Lynch. But again, it was a, it was a test screening. That's not like a real. Mm. He didn't go back twenty years later and mm. change it. All right. But mm, the guy's got more in, in I mean, artistic there, there integrity are versions than of every movie. George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can't expect <laughs> to see every cut. Yeah, exactly. Think of all those cuts of uh, Holy Mountain before we got the final one. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, if uh, anybody listening does not want to be spoiled for Death Proof, Quentin Tarantino film from two thousand seven. Uh, watch it before the next episode in two weeks from now. There's two different versions. Watch whichever one you want, I guess. The Grindhouse version is basically two movies together with some fake trailers in between. Uh, very, I, it, just look it up. <laughs> look it up. Figure out which one you want to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And we'll be talking about that next episode. Thank you all awesome. for listening. If you want to support the show, go to sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. $2 a month will get you these episodes early once they're edited. Uh, also patreon.com slash sardonicast same thing and we have some merch if you want to see they're in the video description uh, thank you so much Cats. thank you everybody yeah thanks for listening yeah had a good time as always yes that was fun good discussion be sure to give Disney your money yeah Take make care. sure you like it yeah yeah in theaters in 3D see it in 3D yeah. oh yeah that's IMAX what was missing again. that's what was missing of the old film sign the petition for Disney to buy Cats so we can get a Cats remake in two years. It would probably be better. For fuck's yeah, sake. Probably. I don't know. John Favreau's Cats. <laughs> Just, no. Uh, That's basically what the new Lion King is. Anyway. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe John Favreau made that. Right? <laughs> yeah. He makes good movies, or he usually does. Especially after you made Chef, which was all about how he hates the like system. Oh, that that's he was funny. Forced to make yeah, to it. That's so funny. <laughs> that was just back originality and yeah, yeah. <laughs> money. Whatever. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.